fucking very festive very merry showdown episode of halloween is forever i'm brian i'm meg i'm steve here we fucking are guys in the uh in the month of december um listen i'm looking out my my office window out on my front lawn i'm looking at my inflatable frosty the snowman i'm looking at my dang light up candy canes i'm drinking christmas beers guys it is the holiday season i'm just gonna preface this i just i'm still just not in the spirit because this is my month this is my birthday month so yeah Yeah. I, i don't give a fuck about the santas yeah the candy canes you know yeah you can you try. Hate, you, 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 hate, you can try. You hate being. Listen, if we know anything about Meg, is we hate being Holly, hates being jolly. Those are two. <laughs> she hates it. Uh, she hates the, the Christmas ho, ho, ho. spirit. Yeah, <laughs> but she hates <laughs> the Christmas spirit. We're gonna get her into the Christmas spirit. What else to to get somebody in the holiday spirit than horribly disfigured child murderers? Guys, we are doing December dirty this year, uh, not completely unlike we did last year where we actually did a, a we did a little thing called Secret Satan, kind of like your secret Santas, but, you know, Satan because he rules. And we did a thing where we each <laughs> picked a movie for each other. We actually did the Hellraiser franchise last year. That's what that old spinny wheel gave us this year. Uh, it gave us a few options, and our listeners and 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 yummy social media friends out there picked uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, that whole franchise for us for December. So we're doing that old Secret Satan. If you haven't been listening, and I'll explain to you what the hell we're doing, we're doing that old Secret Satan situation this year. But instead, we had some of our uh, some of our, our our listeners and and friends out there in internet world um, pick them for us. So. As a reminder, uh, well, you know what? Let's give it a second, then we'll get we'll talk about what movies were picked for us, um, because that's going to kind of be announced on the fly here, as well. You so know, I really do appreciate yeah. so far with all these secret scenes that we're like going over a franchise. I, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I, I hope this keeps continuing that way. Yeah, we've got we've got a whole we've got kind of a kind of a little um, uh, a little holiday heartwarming holiday tradition. I would go as far yeah, as to say. I mean, I feel like give me two or three more years mm-hmm. and I might start getting into the spirit mm-hmm. if this keeps happening. By but... 2025 <laughs> and we're doing a very, very critter Christmas and you're just <laughs> fucking wearing an ugly sweater, chugging eggnog, uh, the whole thing. So I do want a Halloween is forever ugly sweater. I need it to like expand and be mm. bigger than just like 10 films or something. I need what, what, I need our audience what's bigger than that. Like, uh, oh, you mean outside of a franchise? You mean? Yeah, yeah. I need I outside I of a franchise. Oh, I need. So want, I need so our audience. More, Steve. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I, think I want this our is audience. Where greed comes in, it and is. I feel like this isn't very. It's a season, it's like, a season of giving. Season Listen, Meg, for giving. The Grinch herself he over take, here handing though. out goddamn Christmas life lessons <laughs> over here. <laughs> I want our audience to be drawing from a giant pool of movies to mm. where we have no idea what we're getting. Oh, I see. That that's a good idea. Maybe next year, right. what we do is we do like the equivalent of a 
of the sticky bandits where you just stick your hand into the change with tape wrapped around your hand and just see what comes out. <laughs> but there's razors just all in there. Your hand yeah. comes out looking comes like out, a fucking just, candy cane. Listen, guys, we're going to get into uh, wristlet in here tonight. So uh, in my movie. So before we go any further and we talk about what movies we were gifted by our secret Satans, this beautiful, uh, uh, crisp winter evening. Um, Ian's got some beers you're drinking or what? What's going on? Go ahead, Meg. What, are you, what trash are you putting down? <laughs> I know what she's drinking. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Okay. This is like the third episode in a row where I am recording from fucking work. (laughs) And so you guys know when I'm working, I get a little bit of class, a little pinky out. Sure, sure. Yes, there is a line of icy lights (laughs) next to me. Don't fuck around. (laughs) Our our fans will see. We'll see that. Um, But I am putting down, we had like one more glass left of this Montepucciano de Abruzzo Reserva. red wine that i am i'm putting back to start guys i'm not i'm not only just into beer yeah okay you're getting after I'm the poochie fancy, <laughs> I'm, I'm fancy as fuck you're getting after the poochie tonight meg is learning italian but also drinking garbage <laughs> yeah this is fucking great this is like delicious wine how do you it's say like iron super- city in italian iron city <laughs> wait <laughs> You just rolled your R's and yeah. and she said and shitty. Like, That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. Um, getting real, real weird with that one. But uh, I was gonna say just beep, 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 beep. You know, I as I'm drinking this though, I'm just like wondering when I'm gonna get like the two red marks on my lip. Mm-hmm. But I have a really quick funny story of like my grandma loves drinking wine and she does specifically love red wine. You know, she'll mm-hmm. dabble in white wine too. Mm-hmm. Classic grandma. I remember going over to her house. This was in the last like five, six years mm-hmm. and um, walked in and this is probably like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And my grandma like already had the two red marks on her lip. Oh yeah. Um, like she's been drinking for a while. Yeah. And I mean, there's just no question. She's just like, yeah, just like day drinking. I'm like, she had the purple oh, teeth. I, I can... Yeah. No, uh, the purple whole teeth. night, whole night. <laughs> like if anyone understands my drinking habits, they just got to meet my grandma. Granny likes to get down. I like a granny yeah, likes like, to get I've down. Yeah, like I've taken her to uh, Maggie's farm before. She mm-hmm. fucking loves it, man. Yeah. Like she got in a bar fight. She gets down, you know, <laughs> she power bombed somebody <laughs> through chairs. She stole her a dog. Words are really where it goes. She's not getting into like too many physical fights. She just like her words. Her words cut deep. You know, yeah. she's that type of grandma. Gotcha, gotcha. I like listen. I like a good ornery grandma. Um, what are you drinking, Steve? I'm drinking Sadie. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Whoa. That's kind of festive. Is it cinnamon spice? Uh, no, it's just regular old least? Samuel Smith's organic cider. Mm, that's a good Ooh. one. I almost picked up a bottle of the Perry actually the other Ooh. day. Uh, then I didn't. So end of story there. <laughs> Same as I feel like in general was like one of the first beers like you could find in stores regularly. You know, whether yeah, like, imp- like anything Porter. unique import kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking mm. great. I haven't oh, had it in like yeah, years. Everybody, everybody drank that chocolate back oh, in the yeah, day. Oh, yeah, I always mm-hmm. get down with it. I always get down with a little boy. Sam Smith. Um, I was actually at a, a, a lovely Wegman store, a store up in beautiful Erie, Pennsylvania, and they had maybe the widest selection of Samuel Smith beers and ciders I've ever seen. They had like 
10 facings Ooh. of different ones. They had the freaking, they had the organic lager, they had the Perry, they had the freaking, you know, the IPA, they had the, the, uh, the bitter and just fucking everything. They had them all. Oh, they even had the Yorkshire Stingo. I, uh, I, I fucking always love their selection at a Wegmans. I don't know. I feel like that. I mean, that was usually one of my first go tos where you could find craft beer back in my mm-hmm. hometown. But Wegmans rules. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just up there last week. And uh, quick side story again. I have all the side stories. I haven't talked to you guys in so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up some stuff, and I was like actively like keeping a couple beers to the side that I was like, yeah, I'll drink on the episode. And then I had a friend. We did like a video call where the goal was we were just going to shotgun beers on the video call. Sure, sure, so sure. So those were those were the martyrs. I was mm. like, shit, I have two beers left. What am I going to fucking <laughs> shotgun right now? Oh, it's a gumball head and a Pills Mafia. <laughs> cool. Ooh. Ooh. I haven't picked up the Pills Mafia yet. Um, no, but it's I, fine. I've, I mean, it's good. I've seen, I've seen that beer popping around all the time. There's, there's so many, so many Buffalo fu- Bills oh, yeah. themed beers. There's, there's like could be a fuck. fucking aisle of them. Six, seven? When I went Apparently, home? the organization, the Buffalo Bills organization, doesn't believe in sending cease and desist letters because, holy shit, there's a lot Why of would them. They? No, oh, no, not at all. No, I think they <laughs> like it because this is just marketing for people to like actively maybe like the Bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they're okay now, but I mean, this these beers were still around within the last five years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, before they started getting good again. Let's not talk about the Buffalo Bills. This is not a <laughs> sports podcast, y'all. <laughs> It is not. It is not. And for that reason, I'm going the complete opposite of sports, which I think is a uh, little mythical gnome creatures. I am uh, I'm drinking a little uh, uh, Le Chouf Blonde Ooh. here and I actually have my Ooh. my Le Chouf glass with my little mm, little cute little That's gnome awesome. guys popping around there. Is that what that is? That's so cute. Yeah, they got a bunch of little gnomes. They got a little like a little Where's Waldo situation on there. Um, yeah, hey, I, a lot of what? old school beers tonight, though, guys. I know. Need to like I've literally haven't had these beers in years, but now you make me want. Look what them. else I have here? I got a freaking Chimay over here. Oh what, my god, what's oh, this the green label? Yeah, I I literally almost fucking this bought that a bigger bo- bottle of it. Yeah, but then I then I was like, no, it's. I'm a broke ass bitch. Yeah, this is the big old blonde some bitch. Um, the big it's ten, a, per, yeah, ten it's percenter. Yeah, it's a hefty, a hefty one. Yeah. I, you know, this time of year, you know me, guys. You know me. I love a loggy. Uh, I love an old loggy beer. Um, and that's usually what I'm drinking. Um, but around this time of year, when things get festive. I tend to go towards the Belgies. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm used to waking up in the month of December with the with a headache or something. But I always buy a disproportionate amount of Belgian beers in December. I don't know because they're it is. spicy and they're warm and they keep you warm. Yeah, I think it's the warming situation. I think it's you know maybe when you say spicy though, f- I want you to do the elbow elbow <laughs> thing or the shoulder like thing. That. Mm, yeah, it's spicy. Mm-hmm. Getting spicy over here, guys. No one can Our- see this, but yeah, they'll understand one day. They'll get it. You can just hear when I when I make this noise mm, you know what i'm doing with my shoulders <laughs> sassy that's the sassy yeah. prelude <laughs> yeah. mm, 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 mm. all right here we go guys let's uh let's get into this here uh once again before before we actually get in let me let me do a little thingy thing um i will remind you this is very important if you don't already follow us on the social medias it's pretty much just at halloween is forever or at halloween is forever pod or whatever on you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Tiki Talkies and all that sort of thing. Go over and give us a follow. Uh, also, if you subscribe 
or follow us on your social, uh, or I'm sorry, on your podcatcher uh, of choice. It is uh, very valuable to us if you go in there and write a little review. Um, just give us, you know, five stars and say, hey, nice podcast, dick weeds, or whatever you want to say. As long as it's a five-star review, do that. Send me a note in the uh, in the DMs uh, or send Steve a note in the DMs or whatever the hell platform you're on. And I'll send you some Dan Halloween's Forever stickers there in the mail. Uh, that, that, uh, uh, that, that, that offer extends beyond the Halloween season. Now, um, as you know, as I kind of explained a little bit at the top of the show, typically what we do is we take three topics off of our spinning wheel and then our social media friends vote on it. And then we pick a movie. Not the case in December. Not the case in the Secret Satan Showdown here in December. Secret what, what, Steve, what did you call it on the social medias? It was Secret Satan from Elm, Elm Street yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just put a bunch <laughs> of words together until it made enough sentence. Yeah. It, does, it does sound like one of those things where you just start typing and then you click the next word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secret Satan on Elm yep. Street. You know what I'm about? Yeah. So yeah, haven't you seen the one where they create like a song like it? Oh, you know? yeah. Jack, uh, our, our mutual friend, Jack Smith, does that all the time. Uh, he'll just send me Sick. just just a paragraph and I'll be like, yeah, that was all auto generated <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> but it always gets into like dildos. It always ends up with dildos. I don't know. It's probably because we text each other about dildos. Too That's often. absolutely why. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trading. You know, we why trade. Are we I'm not like uh, sponsored by what is one of the so I'm uh, trying to Adam think and of Eve the, or the something pop- like that. Yeah, yeah, Adam and Eve specifically. Let's get that sponsorship going. Guys. I did Let's send go. you guys a text about butt plugs earlier today as well. So <laughs> yeah, but did they not um, look like buy those? Are Target butt plugs? Absolutely, they did. I was Sorry, at I was Target like- and they had this whole display of these little like kind of non-descript script like weird christmas tree decorations and they just look like different colored and shaped butt well, plugs you know how we you know how we call it sometimes like tarjay but that's the line of tarjay is the butt mm-hmm. plug line. Mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're I talking tried a couple. about i tried a couple out i ran them through the dishwasher i returned them they were not comfortable. They didn't look it. Uh, yeah, I didn't you know, like the texture. It, I mean, it, it didn't look like your size, Brian. <laughs> it, was, it was a texture problem, not a size problem. Yeah, Meg. They, they had they had three different levels. You know? Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> not none an of amateur. Were, none of them were big enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was using. Well, I was. Never mind. I was going to say. I was sounding with them. I was actually putting them in my urethra, not my asshole. Um, anyway, guys, happy Christmas to all. Dick whole Christmas to coming to be soon. We. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> butt plug Christmas. There's um, definitely a Santa themed fucking butt plug out there. I know oh, it. Oh yeah, sick. I have a. I actually have a uh, flashlight that's just Santa's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, not even cancel. Mrs. Claus. It is straight up Santa. No, it's Santa. It's the beard. It's it's the it's the rosy. Here's the complicated one. Here's the complicated one. It's the butt plug, yeah. but it has the mistletoe hanging out the back, and that's for your polycules. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is what happens when we record late and everyone's already drunk. <laughs> I know, I know. I, uh, I re- <laughs> yeah, no, I already had a couple drinks before I got on. Um, no, I had an idea, though, of like having a like a cock like my friend's having a cocktail party and i'm like dude instead of like mistletoe you should just like hang beer from the ceiling and then that's like the mistletoe like people mm. just kiss and they grab one they shotgun the beer or something like yeah, that yeah, sure. i mean we can get real creative with this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, beer, <laughs> beer's the new mistletoe. That's what I, I'm, I'm hearing and I'm on board. I need beer to be able to abide by the idea of mistletoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into what the fuck is going on with these here picks for the Secret Satan. Um, we did talk about Ugh. who actually got whose, um, you know, picked whose number, if you will, for the Secret Satans, but we didn't talk about exactly what movies we're going to be talking about. We do know that we're going to talk about a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise or Freddy related things, any and all things Freddy Krueger that could include TV, uh, movies, um, you know, spinoffs, whatever. Right. So here's where we landed, guys. Um, Let's go, bitch. So uh, first of all, I'll remind you one Mr. Bigfoot Benjamin, friend of the show, former uh, guest, probably uh, uh, soon to be guest again, because he did bring up a movie that we need to talk about that he is uh, more than qualified to talk about. Um, he got Meg. Um, mm-hmm. So Meg, tell, tell tell the fine folks at home um, what movie Bigfoot Ben uh, picked for you. The dearest Benjamin <laughs> chose Freddy versus Jason for me. He did it. He did you dirty. He really did. He fucking did it. Well, I, in his defense, mm, well, no. in his defense, it was his third pick. No, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I somehow ended up at the bottom of the barrel. Mm. So fuck all you guys. Anyway, first and <laughs> foremost, it would not be a perfect showdown without me telling you to go fuck yourself. Um, but I, Okay, I have more thoughts, but I don't want to dive into them just yet, mm. actually. Yeah, okay. no, I'm, not, right. I'm, not, I'm not stoked. I'm just not stoked. <laughs> You're just not right stoked. Now. I'm just Meg's, not Meg's in a in state a of not state. stoked right I'm now. I'm here for um, it. <laughs> she is in a just a state of pure This is why I have a line of Iron Cities next to yeah. me. So I can just fucking get wasted while I'm on this episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, let's well, let's get into because this will explain this will explain how 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 Ben landed on them, perhaps. Um uh, the the second pick was actually uh, Steve, uh, one Mister Ian Dobo at uh, I Dobo Ten, uh, friend of the show on the Instagrams, picked Steve, uh, and Steve, tell the folks what movie you're going to be talking about. So he gave me Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1994, mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. because I did let on a little bit. I said, I wouldn't be mad if somebody gave me that. You dropped a hint. You dropped a hint. And and Ian, you know, we we did this via the via the 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 DMs on the Instagram. He did say, you know, he, he had some rationale. He said, you know, being that Steve went to film school, he's obvious cinephile, and he did say specifically that he felt that you were the cynic of the group. He said, I so mm. badly want to give him part six, but I also want my pick to win. So Wes Craven's new nightmare for Fucking Steve. Fucking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the, so that, that, that was, that was Ian's uh, rationale. Now for me, another Ian guys, two out of three Ian's uh, in, in this scenario. Um, he, uh, this is one Mr. Uh, uh, Ian Braden, uh, again, friend of the show uh, at, uh, uh, Ian T. Braden on the Instagrams. He was a, a, a gracious um, and dare I say um, festive Satan in that he gave me the movie I asked for. I, I asked for it. I put it on my list. I put it in a bottle. I corked it up. I threw it in the creek, <laughs> threw it down the creek. It floated down the lawn. It got to Santa. <laughs> my pick, which is A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, 
Dream Warriors. And he did say specifically why he did this is because he did cop to um, stealing my pumpkin spice cum joke for use in uh, in in a completely different scenario uh, Wait, in, his, I, okay. in his life. I'm pretty sure I helped perpetuate that joke. So you could, you, I definitely started that. So <laughs> I'm what you're saying you want to trade movies right now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Ten right, out of ten. If, uh, propose it. We'll no, see how it goes. Not, we're not. No, we're propose not going to trade it. <laughs> How could I propose it? Like, there's nothing to change here, Brian. What I'm, I'm saying, saying you is could that ask. his you could reasoning, ask. the you joke, could ask. You the could joke. Ask. No, if you want to switch This is movies, just Meg trying to add ask. more asterisks Wait, to everything. Wait, what are you talking about? You're just trying. You're, you're trying oh, to. Yeah, yeah. I, you just yeah, want okay. to add more asterisks to your jokes. I know, no, no. The asterisk already exists around my movie right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just coming at you guys. You could ask, and we like, maybe, maybe I'll I have consider nothing a else trade. to sit on. Why? You could, a- you could ask. I, I don't trust you right now. When you what ask do you mean? for that, like, there's why would I trust you to be like take my movie and assume that it would win? You said you hate your movie and you want my movie to win, or you want you want my movie, right? I didn't say I wanted your movie to win, though. That's no, 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 but part. you want my movie more than you want your movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying you could ask. Maybe I'll consider a trade. I don't. Uh, Brian, will you trade movies with me? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into these. Why would Why would you just movies, Why would you, you just walk into well, that? <laughs> you just made me get so vulnerable oh, and ask you for so something. Good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to no, still stand on the fucking, fucking garbage hill movie. that that cum joke was mine, <laughs> was and it? you were just part of it. Mm, yeah, right. Well, I anyway, fucking brought up the joke. So I guess to get back to the point here you is that Ben, at, you did were just pick, at the mercy of the joke. Ben did initially pick um, uh, 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 Dream Warriors. She, she, I said, you know, hey, you were selected for the third, you know, Secret Satan episode. You'll be picking for Meg. Uh, he said, uh, I said, you know, any thoughts on Meg's movie? He said, my number one pick is Dream Warriors. I said, ah, taken. What's your number two? He said, New Nightmare. I said, that was also picked. And he said, you've left me no choice. And then he sent me a Freddy GIF versus a Jason GIF. Mm. <laughs> I no, said, I get it. Lol, I ben, perfect. You know, no, Ben's going to listen to this and he's going to hear me bitching right mm-hmm. now. And I'm going to say, ungratefully, you, still Ben. Ungrateful I, gift yeah. taking. He was, uh, listen, no, he was no, put into a tough in my mouth. situation, guys. He was put in a tough situation. Don't and blame, says, don't kill the messenger. I feel like this is the October episode, but I am the referee. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I'm not. You know what I mean. I, I literally wouldn't I feel sell like that's yourself too short. I'm not. No. Okay, Brian. Steve's movie's kind of shot shit. It's not. Actually, no. I'm not. No. No. It's I not. It, a little I, tiny you, you bit. Can, you can co- You can come at it that way. But what I'm going to say is so. Okay, I'm actually going to break this down for you guys right now. You oh. guys have understood that mm-hmm. I got into horror later in life, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I haven't experienced all of the franchises. And what I realized by watching all of our films is, and obviously seeing the first one a while ago, like is that I think. This franchise might be one of my new favorites. I think it's at oh, the it's top great. of the list for me. It's great. It's it, it like it definitely over like Friday the Thirteenth, definitely over Halloween for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so, it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's very it's a very different thing. It's a very well, different. It's thing. like I feel like Freddy has this essence of like it's has he has to be clever because he's not big. 
Mm. And he did like he we obviously know he's dead. So they're like the supernatural aspect of it, I think, is always it was has been intriguing throughout it. And um, so with that being said, is like I'm watching all of these movies for the first time and I thoroughly enjoyed the experience of it. Mm. And so I'm coming into this being like these might be some of my new favorite movies that I've yes. seen in a long time. The, listen, the Freddy franchise is great. I, I, you know, the the Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, you know, this. I, I put this more in the same boat as I would like Chucky slash Child's Play, and then I put you know Jason and and Michael over in you know another category because they're so. So the difference with Freddy is he's self aware to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. As as Chucky is as well. Like they are sure. to a certain extent aware of the fact that they are living in a very weird world and they are taking just kind of pleasure in manipulating the strange horror movie logic that they live within. Whereas like Michael and Jason are kind of living in at least the pseudo real world until you get really to like part six and stuff like that. Guys, we're not talking about the other franchises, but it is interesting because it kind of stands on its own. It, it, no, no, totally, totally. Yeah. But and I think that's what made me start thinking about it a little differently. And I like the idea of like putting for my film specifically Jason versus Freddy because they're both clearly dead. And so we have and, that. And mystical you're taking some liberties. You're just going to switch them. What's you're, up? You're calling it Jason versus Freddy. In your mind, you're switching. <laughs> oh my god. Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> I what thought the you fuck were, ever? I thought you were point. retconning it to make it Jason versus no, Freddy. No, oh, okay. I, I'm just fucking been drinking. Like, oh, I thought I you were just going to drink earlier and I got to drink tequila <laughs> before I started my shift and then had one while. Like, I'm too fucking. <laughs> give me a break. I'm working a lot lately. I just pulled a double. That's right. true. That's Freddy true. versus Jason, Jason versus Freddy. <laughs> it's, they're both the same. <laughs> it is well they, they're interchangeable okay, now i'm making shit up right now because where i'm just like now trying to like somehow back myself up here all right Any let's hips. get let's get let's into the son go. of a let's bitch in go, guys. movies I, guys. I still will stand on the hill that i am now in the referee position because right. my movie is not winning this tonight i like right. i already know it i like i'm not even voting for my own movie Ooh, so wow. okay well i like wow. So this pretty, is this is the hill that I'm really standing on. You're really falling on it. You're really falling on. You pulled you pulled the pin of this grenade and then you fell on. No, it. no, it's fine. Like I am walking into this episode knowing that I'm not winning because if we're talking about quintessential like Nightmare on Elm Street films, this is just not it. I love it. We could talk about it. We could talk about the things I liked about it, mm -hmm. but it's not winning tonight. I know that. So All right. All um, right. what I'm excited about is to hear how you both, because I liked both differently. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. did kind of like one more than the other. Okay. Okay. Let's fucking go. All right. So, so listen, uh, <laughs> your boy's the champ. Forgot to mention that at the top of the show. Uh, uh, if you didn't know, none of us care. Your ass better call somebody because I am the current fucking champ. I'm holding this motherfucking strap. I took it home last month in November. So I get to pick the, uh, the order for tonight. So I am going to uh, uh, lean in here, guys. I'm going to go first. I'm actually going to go first this time, which is a little Sick. bit of a weird choice for for a defending champion. But I'm going to go first. Uh, and then uh, I think we're going to go me, Steve, Meg. Okie dokie. Cool. I think that's the plan okay. here. So so first of all, I'll jump into uh, so I'm talking again one more time about uh, a new night, uh, a nightmare on Elm Street. Sorry, a nightmare on Elm Street. Part three dream wars from um, the year of our Lord, 1987. 
directed by uh, one Mr. Chuck Russell, written by a murderer's row guys uh of of fucking superstar directors and writers you also yeah obviously you got chuck russell in there wes craven frankie darabon himself (laughs) coming in here with a writing credit uh and bruce wagner um so this uh so you get the you get the edgar Allan poe quote at the beginning you get a little paper mache action mm-hmm. um right off the bat you know uh, one thing that i never noticed when i've seen this movie before and I, and this is my favorite of the franchise um this is one i asked for like i said your boy got Which, what he asked for on his old christmas list. in the future i think that's yeah. a new asterisk no more asking yeah. for what you want <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty the, sure okay, you did it no, this time. i know and i don't want to i and i yeah. i want to take that back as well no 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 no. hey steve i'm gonna disagree with you though right. i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree because we don't know if we're we haven't decided yet if we're gonna do i do like the format of how we did it this year mm-hmm. but i actually think it's fine i yeah. think i'm gonna go vote it is okay to ask for what you want mm. and hope this because i didn't ask for what i wanted and look what i got freddie versus jason mm-hmm should have been more vocal okay. about what I'm, you want. You, if you uh, yeah, don't I'm, ask I'm for okay a Super Nintendo, you're going to end up with socks, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, but that's so what I want. I got... want more socks in the future. I want everybody getting wet ass, <laughs> dirty, smelly socks, and we all have to defend dirty no, that's socks. That's what we're all getting for Christmas from you. I fucking know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually wearing the socks that I'm ripening for you guys uh, for Christmas. So, uh, all right. So, no, 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 no dude, you got to save those to sell on the internet. You're going to make a lot of money off that. Please mm. just like. And then just give me the money. Then give me the money. (laughs) Actually, if you do that, I'm going to sell them for you. I don't. I'm going to make the money. Feel like um, I if I showed a picture of myself and said, "Um, "Do you want my sweaty socks?" I just don't (laughs) feel like I would get that many bites. (laughs) It only takes one. No, no, no. Just put a picture of me up there. That's what I'm saying. I need like it needs to be (laughs) it needs to be like a picture of a woman because like I feel like the market for like people are buying gross sweaty socks is like all really creepy dudes (laughs) so yeah no no exactly but hey hey no you don't sell yourself short you might you might have a market but make it gross and grody and i yeah i think that'd be really fun (laughs) like like little chunks of toenail in there and yeah yeah yeah. i mean my toenails are my like yeah thumbnails are pretty long right now too (laughs) 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 meg decided she wanted to talk side hustles (laughs) instead of (laughs) instead of movies (laughs) yeah all right guys what i was gonna say in dream warriors you know the horror movie is that i never noticed this before and this is my favorite one in the franchise and i have seen it a lot of times but i have never noticed this before that uh you know if you've seen this movie before you know that there's a a young uh uh mr lawrence fishburne uh in this movie the uh the uh, morpheus himself um is in this flick but he is credited as larry fishburne Mm -hmm. uh in this one that i never noticed that before i just thought that was a cute little thing that is uh yeah it's it's this film and i believe apocalypse now he's credited as larry fishburne is he i never paid attention to that apocalypse now he was like 18 yeah, he was super young. Yeah, I was like, maybe he's got older. He's like, I need to be taken seriously in a different way. Yada yada yada. I'm Lawrence mm-hmm. now. I'm Lawrence. Yeah. Again, see how I rolled my R and made it sound totally different. <laughs> it did. It sounded very fancy, and and hey. Italian. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so this opens on uh, you. You get you get Kristen uh, played by the great Patricia Arquette. Um, yeah, we got we got another Patricia Arquette on this. Mm-hmm, you know, we mm-hmm. just talked about her. She's chugging Coke. She's eating Maxwell House flavor crisps. 
crystals. Um, she's trying to stay awake, obviously. So you kind of get the idea right off the bat what might be happening, um, you know, and, and you get introduced to her mom, which who who definitely fucks um her mom like kind of is done with her doesn't really want anything to do with her you know like her dad uh and her parents got divorced her mom's like out partying like cares more about that than than her um that much is clear um but she also dresses weirdly like bruce wayne's mom <laughs> I, I never noticed that before why she's like wearing pearls and like this debutante kind of gown uh i get it that they're supposed to be like kind of well off but it was just uh i never really are they well off or is she just like before. a real high-end escort no it, well so i kind of thought that in the in the you know previous viewings but they do say something about oh man i didn't write it down but there are a couple of context clues later on about how she grew up you know in a like they were fairly wealthy uh, okay i got I, I got that got that indication and I can't remember exactly why, but this is the first time I really paid close attention to that. But um, in any case, the music rules to this movie, I'll call that out right now because you get some some pretty sweet tracks early on. Like this has one of the quintessential nightmare uh, on Elm Street uh, uh, soundtracks. Um Long story short, Kristen's having Freddy dreams. Uh, she, you know, she's seeing Freddy in his, you know, boiler room, you know, where he burns the kids in the furnace and being introduced, you know, the victims and stuff like that. A story that that has been told already in this franchise, but you don't quite know, you know, what's different about mm-hmm. Kristen's story yet. A um, couple of good scenes right off the bat, the hanging, all the hanging teens, you know, the skeleton little girl that she's trying to trying to save, you know, all this stuff before uh uh, you know, before she wakes up. So it's the, but then you get that classic, you know, dream inside a dream thing, which is, uh, you know, become a hallmark of the franchise. Love the scene where the faucet handles grow fingers and then slash her. So that's like the mm-hmm. inciting incident into why she gets sent to a psych- psychiatric hospital. Mom walks in, she's holding a razor blade. She has sliced her wrist. Little do you know that this is something that happened, you know, that Freddie did kind of in her dream. So great opening scene as far as i'm concerned like and and that's mm-hmm. what i like about a lot of movies in this franchise they start fast mm-hmm. not all of them the first one i think maybe would be the exception to that rule a little bit probably um, but they're also trying to establish a character whereas like in subsequent films you have to start fast because everybody knows what the hell mm-hmm. freddie is so like don't yeah, drag it out right. and bore it's, people it's forgivable yeah. yeah in the first movie because you got to set all that stuff up yeah i mean even compared to a lot of the the halloween movies and stuff like this the, the, these movies start fast which i appreciate which um, i think is i feel like the only thing i'll note about that though that i kind of like is that we there's like definitely a recurring theme of like oh these people are having these dreams and they're trying to deny like what they are mm-hmm. but they still start out fast of like let's just like get to the shit like we know this is all going to be the basis of it and mm-hmm. we're just trying to figure it out but there is some what of like a carryover from each one yeah and, and you get these and, little like sh- workshop a lot of times like a reoccurring opening scene you get in this franchise yeah. is this little like workshop scenes of like mm-hmm. freddy doing something creepy in his workshop in this instance you get it with with um uh, uh with Kristen, and she's doing mm-hmm. paper mache so she's mm-hmm. like building these she's she's like kind of doing some art. She's crafty, guys. She's crafty. Um, she's crafty. 
Yeah. So you you do get introduced to uh to to one Mr. Larry Fishburne who plays Max, who is uh um kind of one of the orderlies, orderly with a heart of gold. There's really only two, mm-hmm. I think, that you see. One of them's like a piece of shit, and then you have Max, who's not a piece of shit. Um yeah. and he's explaining why he thinks acid is responsible for all these kids, like you know, mental issues. But um you you get introduced to the crew here. Dr. Gordon, which we'll talk about a lot here, um, you, you get introduced to Taryn and Jennifer and Kincaid and Philip and Joey, all the gang. So this crew is really, in my mind, what sets this movie apart compared to a lot of the other um, uh, films in this franchise. You 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 like and care about these characters in a way that you don't really in some of the other movies in this franchise, mm-hmm. or at least you're interested in them, even if you don't I'd say care you're, about them. I'd like say you're them. interested. I don't think you like all of them because, like, I mean, no, you don't like you all don't of like, them. You you either like them or at least you're yeah, interested you don't like in them. Kincaid to begin with. Um, uh, yeah, because I mean, I think, why is he even in there? He just seems like lazy and then mad. <laughs> yeah, he's got like I think the whole thing is like he he got he's actually he's probably the least kind of developed character, mm-hmm. but the idea is that he, you know, he's like the angry yeah. kid who like gets into fights and stuff. But the but the the performer that plays him and I I didn't write his name down, I didn't write really any of them down except for like um, uh, Patricia Arquette. Ken Sagos, perhaps. Is okay. Yeah, because I don't really know that I've seen him in much else. Um, but I, I think he's a little too like sweet and funny to be the mm-hmm. like, like, um, like violent, you know, tough guy. Team. Yeah, because even Joey um, comes off as like shittier than him. I'm not going to lie. We're talking about time and place. It could also be just a racist thing where he just needs to like play up to some like tropes and like that Maybe, somehow makes him like hard. He's, he's really like, okay, he's the Raphael really of, of the crew. <laughs> sure. he, he's, 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 he's cool, but he's got attitude. He's cool, but rude <laughs> guys. He's cool, but rude. He's the but Raphael. He, but he's the like outspoken and stuff like that. That's what I'm like going like, like there's like these kind of mildly racist tropes a little bit. Well, I don't know if it's racist as much as like he, I, I, I could see a bat. There is him. I would say Taryn also. If I, I've never read the script or anything, but I got to assume there was probably more to their characters that got cut out. Like I kind of mm. imagine like, like Taryn, it felt like there was more to her story that doesn't get told. I could envision Kincaid like coming from like, like an abusive household or something like that. Like they mm-hmm. all came from like troubled backgrounds to a certain extent. Um, right. Which could explain why they'd be like, okay, associating, Oh, you're having shitty dreams, but you're just a shitty person or a shitty kid because you come from this like shitty background. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I could see the so you, you, on it, but you get a lot about like you get a decent amount of character development for, for having so many characters, but you don't, um, you don't get a ton of their background, I no. would say, with the exception of Kristen. Mm-hmm. And of mm-hmm. course, she is the she's the protagonist. She's the main protagonist yeah. um, in, in this movie. So um, but like I said, I think the crew and and the unique setting that they're in, a unique relationship they have with one another are the thing that sets this movie apart from anything else in this franchise. And the people who like this movie, I think, like it because of that um for this like goonies ish kind of element to it but we'll, we'll get a little further into it um so Kristen, um 
starts early on the thing i like about Kristen in this one is uh is she just kind of fucks everyone up like she knows you know she's gonna die if she gets sedated because she goes to the mental institution obviously because her mom thinks she tried to kill herself um and then she just starts fucking people up nancy walks in you're like where's nancy right um right. She, you know where, where's heather lane camp and she she shows up pretty early on um and she recognizes the rhyme that Nancy is kind of like like muttering mm -hmm. to herself, you know, the one two phrase coming for you kind of thing. Um, now, uh, this is like the interesting thing here. Nancy is an intern at the psychiatric hospital, um, and everyone thinks like th it's kind of a unique setting because it's not just like all these kids are are experiencing the Freddy dreams independently, and then you have to go through this whole rigmarole of. Oh, you see Freddy too? Oh, I see Freddy in my dreams. You miss all that. They're already all on the same page, but feeling mm -hmm. very, very trapped and trying to operate within this environment of this, you know, institution where they're essentially prisoners in like a mm -hmm. in almost a low security prison of sorts. And they know that they have to watch out for each other by you know, sleeping in shifts, for example, or mm -hmm. whatever, to ensure that they don't fall, you know, prey to Freddie in their dreams. They all are all on the same page, even though they might not be as open with it or as accepting of what or understanding of what's truly happening. They are all like on the same page that like, yes, yeah, something is happening to all of us. Uh, it's it's not our imaginations. It's fucked up, but they are constantly being inundated from the outside, from the, you know, the, 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 the doctors and stuff in the institution that are saying, no, this is a group delusion of some sort. And they keep trying to convince them that it's like this group delusion, um, and, but they don't want to sleep. They don't believe it. But Nancy immediately recognizes what happened, what's happening. But, but the doctors obviously don't. So, um, so that's like the, the, the key kind of setup thing here is like they reinvented this idea of like, Freddie can kill you in your dreams thing. But instead of it being the kids being dumb or lazy or whatever, and putting themselves in a situation that would result in them potentially falling asleep of their own volition and putting themselves in danger. Now they're running the risk of somebody else making them go to sleep and putting them in danger unknowingly. Yeah. I, I, right. I think the one thing they do touch on though, is they say that everybody was experiencing the dreams before they got in institutionalized. So yes. it's, so I'm not, I'm not saying that like Freddie was trying to get them all in the same place. I think it's just because they're all in the Springwood area. Right. So just yeah. he, he, his, his reign of terror is in, is for whatever reason reserved to this geographic you know yeah. area which is a is just a thing that we have to accept in this franchise which yeah. i don't exactly know why it's tied to the house at sometimes but sometimes it's yeah. not it's like it's it's kind of just like a, a a hole in the franchise but um i will say that this is kind yeah. of the one thing that bothers me about this film one of them at least yeah Oh, this is not a waterproof movie. Let's be it's clear not waterproof, about this. But it's not waterproof, but it has, it, I mean, it survives on a lot of great visuals. But the one thing that bothers me, and it just feels like it's out of order, is that, so we get Nancy introduced, and then she falls into one of 
the dreams uh that 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 Kristen is having right and she saves mm-hmm. Kristen from the worm freddy yeah yeah and they see each other and they interact with each other mm-hmm. and then Nancy just lets two kids die after that yeah like yeah yeah she yeah. doesn't like she like she had it visually confirmed that Freddy's back it wasn't a thing where like cuz like Nancy wasn't really having the dreams at the time she wasn't suffering from it she just knew no she knew what it was yes and like you could right, well she like, was on that hypnosil so right it was more so like Kristen pulling her in right yeah Kristen pulled her in mm-hmm. but the thing is yeah. like at that mm-hmm. point after she has Freddy confirmed like don't let two kids die <laughs> well i will i get that but here here's i think the difference and they do address it a little bit is there is this other ambiguous thing that kind of reminds me of like michael's strength in the halloween franchise or his unkillability or or jason whether he's alive or dead kind of thing there's this thing in this franchise where like they constantly are alluding to how strong or not strong Freddy has become mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and that's across the whole like every movie to you know to my knowledge that I could think of there is some reference to like Freddy's too weak he can't do this until he gets another fucking soul or whatever and then right. the next yeah. one they're like Freddy's getting stronger now he's so strong he can do whatever he wants so it's like this sliding scale that they use to like conveniently adjust how Freddy can manipulate the real world versus the dream world and it's but just I kinda, like I feel like yeah. I kind of like that end of it though because I mean it allows I think multiple plot points which again also will feed into when I talk about my film like I, yeah. like, I do I don't know if if you're talking thinking of it negatively mm. or thinking of it it's like a weak point to the franchise but i kind of like negative but it's just like it's just one of those things with a big yeah. franchise that you see i yeah. think that i will say this movie i would say does it better than almost any other movie in the franchise in that it establishes the thing that freddy gets strength from collecting children's souls and they actually see later when he pulls his sweater open and you see all the souls uh, you know the faces kind of coming out of his body as you know his demon skin is absorbing the souls or whatever so like at Mm -hmm. least they try to address it in this movie and in other movies in the franchise they don't so it's weak but it's a weak part of the franchise i think i think it's also just because like so, like, in Megan I's film, it sets it up very early as to why Freddy's weak. Yeah. And so and so it makes more sense that he has to gain power some way. Mm. But, like, in these other films that are beyond, like, basically two to six in those mm. films, like, you're more or less hitting the ground running and you don't know where Freddy's power is at that point. Right. Mm. So that's why they can just make it up and make it I that sliding scale. I guess you can scale. assume that it yeah you can make it up because it's like how much time has passed what has freddie been up to like has he just been like chilling and playing video games or has he been like out like you know hustling and killing you know what i mean mm-hmm, right. you don't know <laughs> he's All not the- selling his socks clearly on the internet <laughs> that's true he should probably be though but i i don't uh i have i like to but i haven't seen it in years so i don't remember where freddie is at the end of two i mean obviously but he, yeah but he's also not really connected Two, like two's not really connected to no, three. No, I guess it's not. Three and four have connective tissue. Three almost feels like a direct sequel to one. And it more or less is. 
Yeah. So I, I guess at that point, like Freddie has been kind of banished in some capacity or it's yeah. Cause Nancy, like obviously the events of one happened because Nancy's there and Nancy's dad is like, you know, drinking with his uniform on, you know, whatever. So anyway, it's never really something that's super clearly explained, but you did mention, um, you know, this movie, I think between the group dynamics, some really great scenes amongst the group dynamic, even though some of the characters are like, you know, feel like, you know, the Burger King kids club, you know, (laughs) edgelord Burger King kids club. I do like, you know, you get the giant Freddy snake swallowing her, which is such a great scene. Um, And then you understand that the kind of telepathic connection that happens with Kristen and, and, you know, other people that see Freddy, but the, the, the animatronic Freddy in this scene is fucking great. It's, it's maybe the, Mm -hmm. my favorite visual of the whole franchise. Um, So that, that, that was like, that's the thing that hooked me on this movie, you know, probably the first time I saw it. Um, but yeah, you get this idea. Kristen can pull people into her dreams and Nancy knows it and like believes her right away, which is unique. Like she, you know, Kristen being the like protagonist, she's not like the sole person that has to convince everybody else this is happening. Like Nancy's like, no, I got you, bitch. Like I know what's happening right now. And and yeah, we're going to explain it to everybody else. Yeah, bitch, we got this right now. And, and we're going to explain to everyone and everyone else in the crew, you know, is all like, yeah, yeah, totally. This makes sense. So it's like they get to start working on solving the problem rather than having to do that old trope of like, I've got to convince everybody and then they got to get it proven to them, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. The only person they really have to prove it to is Gordon. And it happens think, in kind like, of a cool way. I couldn't imagine this franchise surviving if they had to like go through the same motions every single time, which I think I'm like appreciative of the franchise for. So yeah, this is a side come in i mean and there are some where you kind of have to do it unfortunately but like in different ways they they always do like reinvent it and like we'll obviously we'll see that pretty pretty uh uh put on display in steve's movie but um yeah so anyway so so you get the idea of a little bit about their backstory why they were here what happened so will try to jump off a building that's why he's in a wheelchair um you know jennifer has these like delusions of being like a tv star and she burns herself to like keep herself awake with cigarettes uh joey's a mute i guess um taryn uh is like a kind of the bad delinquent junkie kid Kincaid is Raphael we said and then uh <laughs> Philip is just poor man's Corey Feldman I think that's all that's all he is um but they're trying to blame the dreams like the doctors are trying to blame it on like guilt and like they kind now, of when you, allu- when you say poor man's Corey Feldman are you referencing his character in Friday the 13th part four who's a mask builder but instead of masks, he builds marionettes. <laughs> he is not a great character. Like he just feels like he's doing a Corey Feldman impression almost. Um, mm. But anyway, so so you know they're trying to blame it on everything else. Um, some of the char- things that really like kind of lend some, um, you you kind of start to feel for the characters a little bit is like the scene where they're playing D and D. And, you know, it's like they're this little family in like summer camp or that sort of thing, but they can't leave. So they all have this like ultra vulnerable side to them because they know each other's like skeletons and why they're there. And they're all like it's like 
summer camp or, you know, a family drama type of thing. But it's like everyone is forced to be super vulnerable because of the situation they're in. Um, but, uh, you know, they like I said, they sleep in shifts. Um, Nancy's taking... Meg, like you said, a hypnosil, which is this, you know, that's something recurring thing in the franchise, this drug that suppresses dreams, which is like actually one of my biggest problems with this franchise. It's like it's <laughs> such a cop out, but it's just it's a thing that happens what in this I like franchise. They, I mean, we've seen in other movies, I mean, this, the ones that we saw, like where there is, there's problems with it. Yeah. So I kind of like that it's it's not a cop out in that, like, it's a possible solution to what's going on but it comes with its own fucking issues. Yeah. It's not the worst like, thing in the world. It know, doesn't like ruin it for me. Was, but. Yeah. Like mine was literally everyone's in a coma, but any hoops <laughs> keep going. Yeah. Keep so, going. So I'll just, like, I'll just talk about just mine like... throughout it. So that by the time you get to me that we're done talking about my movie, <laughs> but like, Nancy, like it just hypnosis still is just like it's 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 Freddy Kryptonite. Like it just it's it you're you have an invisible cloak. You got a for you got a Freddy Force field if you take hypnosis. So, <laughs> so this uh, is when we cue uh, three doors down, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this, the, this is the that music cue. Um, uh, you get a st stop motion Freddy marionette. You know, Steve, you're right. There's a lot, you know, this is heavily dependent on visuals, but when the visuals rule this hard, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of, I like liked worth the it. marionette. I really actually fucking liked the marionette a lot. I, I thought it was super I, sweet. It's fucking sick. Mm -hmm. And then you have, of course, um, you know, Philip, uh, he kind of gets strung up by the tendons, in, which is like one uh, of the most like, I don't know. Of course, I've never had my tendons ripped out of my body, but like people get freaked out about like finger things or like eyeball things, you know, like the scene in zombie or Achilles like Achilles heel usually does, yeah, does do it for me. With tendons is pretty gross yeah. to me and this scene really is like it is pretty fucking gross but he gets like strung up by his tendons and his arms and his legs um and he has to walk the whole way to this ledge and then freddy's using him has like basically you know a marionette it's big old you know puppeteer freddy up in the clouds um and then makes uh makes him plummet I will to say his this death. is like a really this might be like one of the better scenes in this movie and i really mm. like it is because like everyone is so intense like they know what the fuck is going on they can't they're help trying him, to get yeah. they can't mm. help him but they know they can't see even freddie at the moment like but they it, it's such a tense moment and this is like even joey doesn't get to that what's joey joey right i just want to make sure i have philip no, philip is the one that is made yeah. to jump joey is the one who goes through the mute and bangs I'm, on the, I'm trying to think yeah 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 joey's the okay, mute okay. philip's the one yeah that, so i thought okay so joey yeah. the mute like he's like at this point like trying <laughs> to like mute. sounds like a joey the mute. good fellas <laughs> oh joey the mute tony two times over here <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, yeah, no, it, I, I think it's a really, a really great scene of them, like the camaraderie, because they're like now collectively witnessing one of their own, like being affected by Freddie. So I, mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty impactful scene. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the guy playing character, like just a great job, like really like giving away that something's happening, but also not making it seem so awkward for that. For the time and place of when this was done, it could have been a really stupid, weird scene, too. Yeah, so, it could have been like... I'll it, give props to this scene, specifically. It does see, it seems silly to say that, that like a, a scene in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie was done tastefully, but it kind of a little <laughs> bit was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like... there. Um, 
those, all these visuals, the snake and and the marionette and all that stuff is really cool. Later, you get you know Skeleton Freddy and all this stuff, which is some cool stop motion stuff. But the scenes that really I think set this one apart from what other you know uh, films in the franchise is the these like group therapy scenes when they're they're having their like sitting around in a circle you know type of thing. And like in this instance, it's where they all know what's happening, but the staff doesn't. So they're having conversations among each other and they're just having to like basically pretend the staff isn't there. And then the staff is trying to like simultaneously wrap their heads around the conversation, but also like control it and and like provide some sort of therapy, which mm. they're but they're just lost because the 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 kids are like confident and they know what's happening and it just feels like it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest but with freddy krueger in it a little bit yeah that's pretty good i i will say uh like again again i'm just seeing myself as a referee in this episode so i'm gonna say mm -hmm. a weak point for even what you just brought up was like i found myself frustrated and annoyed and felt like it wasn't developed well with how the doctor nurses and psychologists like responded to these situations because it felt like they felt so stereotypical mm -hmm. to the point where like it didn't make sense like you have this collective thing they've already experienced xyz but now they're still just like always to a point trying to deny what they're actually experiencing so yeah I, when it comes I was, down I was to it annoyed at one point well, yeah, I mean, th there's definitely like people there that are trying to, you know, it's it's kind of a helpless situation because these kids are like they're trying to get better and they're trying to like get themselves out of this situation. But the, they're constantly in this scenario where should they doubt themselves or believe in what could potentially be delusions you know what i mean so it's like it's it's not just that they have trust issues with the staff or their fellow um you know uh, uh what i want to say inmates they're not really they're not inmates they're patients mm -hmm. like it's they're having they're having to have that that issue with them should they trust themselves like are they themselves unreliable narrators you know right but but at the same time like sure. us as an audience we're already way ahead of that point even. yeah yeah so because we know it's freddy so think, yeah. yeah yeah i think that's an amazing point because all it does is feel like it's holding back something that could actually happen it, mm -hmm. it does i think the, you saying that steve is like the perfect description because it feels like we are ahead and all i feel like is like now they're trying to take us back to the beginning of the film because that is something that should have or could have happened early yeah. in the film yeah, and right. now we're way past that which is but, which is why i said it, it feels out of order with the way like nancy is also ahead of all of this because mm -hmm, she's already sure. seen freddie so like if it had happened before where you see like jennifer you know get killed and she's stuffed in the tv and nobody's really sure how or why it happened okay and then you move on and you see philip throw himself off the top of the building nobody knows how or why then third time nancy falls into kristen's dream and then you get to see, oh, it is Freddy that's doing all this. But now then you're... do you really want a movie where you're 50 minutes in and you haven't seen Freddy? No. But I mean, at the same time, like if you're going to structure it the way that you have the doctors casting doubt, 
Yeah. Right. You know the saying? problem is it's it's a third movie. Right. <laughs> so they're so they're trying to do the same thing that everyone understands, but they need to put a new spin on it and a new element of danger. Which in again it. was why it doesn't make sense, is because I feel like when I walked into this film where I was like all of these characters are here for the same fucking reason. At some point, how is all of a sudden Kristen coming into the picture now putting a name to why they're fucking there? So it, it like it felt well, like it's that's not why Kristen, like it's it Nancy coming in. It's just that those Sorry. things happen simultaneously. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's we'll we'll go with that. Yeah. yeah. So it felt regressive to like it made me feel like okay, these are doctors and characters that should be in a position of power where mm. I can understand that I I mean I don't I, I don't even want to create a plot point of what would have made more sense and maybe Steve you have a better opinion on it, but like going from like we are working through with through certain things understanding certain parameters and then all of a sudden now we're like nope we don't believe anything that's actually happening that's how it felt in mm. watching it mm -hmm. yeah no i and that, that's what i was saying by like if you have those two characters die but i mean you essentially have to remove the idea that this is a third nightmare movie mm. you'd have to mark it as completely something else you'd have to or just make it its own separate yeah. film yeah and then you have yeah. You create a mystery film, but we're not sure. doing a mystery film. We're doing a third sequel. So yeah. you have to get rid of these stupid roadblock doctors like these. Yeah. You have to get you just well, have to remove them. They're fairly ineffectual. They are. Really, yeah. They just waste our time and it makes it annoying. Well, no, because I, I think <laughs> if I, I mean, play, I'm going to go on referee here is I don't want to get too stuck on these doctors because this is this is just a weak point to this film yeah i, I think there's, there's I so much more to keep let's just like keep going i really want to like keep going mm. if, if we're if we're going with pace for tonight yeah. let's keep moving forward past this point <laughs> fair fair enough if I, I okay i think at this point though if uh if if we would have had some sort of like whodunit type situation then you would have never had the scene uh here which is of course um welcome to prime time bitch which is which is which is i mean i would have I mean, that is edgar Allan poe level writing there but edgar um, fucking Allan poe level shit right here but she she you know jennifer's trying to stay up late at night and you know of course larry uh fishburn lets him lets her stay up she's burning herself with cigarettes the whole nine yards she still falls asleep uh and freddie you know picks her up jams her head into the uh into the uh, the TV, you know, because she likes TV. This is, um, uh, and this is just occurring to me now. This is um, less Goonies, more Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and she oh, yeah. like TV. She is a hundred percent like TV. Yes, you get this a little bit of indication at this point. Like you knew Jennifer was going to bite the big one pretty early, but like Taryn, you're starting to learn a little bit more about her and. The piece of shit orderly is trying to seduce her, basically saying, fucking, like, I'll get you, you some one, drugs. But I fucking hate fuck. it. You're perpetuating stereotypes. I fucking hate it. Yeah, it I was want more Larry's. I want more Larry's. That's it was I'm... 1987, guys. Uh, <laughs> nothing gets you high like drugs. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I don't I, I don't like any implication about being born in 1987 brian because that's when i was born no i say born um, in 1987 but were you on drugs in 1987 because 1987 was i don't think my mom did drugs um yeah. but like so i'm gonna say no yeah. well you know what i mean i'm just saying don't 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 say it was you just get you get a zaza you know? gabor uh cameo here which again zaza 19 in 1987 um 
so Jennifer uh, has, has bit the big one at this point. And now, you know, they're like, okay, she obviously didn't kill herself by jamming her head through a TV that's hung up on the wall. So um, at the at the funeral, the doc sees, uh, 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 I think her name's like Sister Mary Helena or something like mm-hmm. that. It's Amanda Kruger, right? It's Freddie's mom. Yeah. We all know this. Uh, at this point, it's not not that difficult to, to determine. Um, but then eventually, Nancy like pushes everything forward. Like, we're going to tell them what's going on. She explains everybody who Freddie is. The doc, you know, agrees to give them the the drug and they they do a whole like hypnotizing thing where we're all going to fall asleep at once. And then they're like, oh, it didn't work. Uh, but then um, Ooh, the doc's little like, perpetual motion thing starts to fly around. You know, the nerd kid in the wheelchair is a wizard now. You know, Kincaid's super strong. They all have these dream powers um, that they have developed as kind of... Um, like defense mechanisms in their dream to fight Freddy. And now they're all going to come together. I think it's also good indicators when they know when they're in a dream too. It is. It is. Yeah. That, that too. But they, this is, these are tools that they have developed in their dreams to fight Freddy off and survive. Mm -hmm. So now they're all coming together, you know, as the, you know, the planeteers to go fight uh, Freddy with all their individual powers. So, um, so, you know, like I said, Kincaid's super strong. Uh, Kristen does flips. Taryn is a punk with knives, I guess. That was the only one that was kind of confusing for me. I think she, she like, got, she's also Raphael. I never co- <laughs> she's caught also- that dead milkman song. Taryn is yeah. punk. So, I, um, I think that, I think the whole idea was like she doesn't like herself. So if she was cool, she would like herself, I, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, typical punk things. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, meanwhile, um, so Joey is, sneaks off and he's about to fuck this nurse, but then she ties him <laughs> up with her tongue. And then, oh my uh, God. I sent this like I I paused and replay or like rewind and videotaped yeah. it and sent it to the meme. I was like, yeah, what's this wrong, is Joey? This is a different kink tied. level. <laughs> it's a great fun. <laughs> classic, classic Freddy line. Um, so anyway, the other doctor comes in, sees them all just like passed out on the ground. Joey's in a coma and she's like, nope, not cool. I have to talk about, we've talked about boobs for two seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, go um, ahead. This is really the only boob factor you have in your movie. That's true. So I'm only saying, um, we're just making a note because when we talk about mine, Mine's within the first three minutes. Yeah, but, so let's but keep going. Not, let's keep but going. The, yeah, but they're just they're better boobs too. I think in yours, I think so. Yeah, nah, yeah. dog, nah, dog, yeah, Hard dog, on. Nah. yeah, yeah. So, they are brand new fake boobs. Like, not just listen. I'm not trying to say like, <laughs> listen, have your fake boobs do your thing. Wow. I'm not trying to judge. I mean, okay, I'll give it to you guys. If I, I had to choose, know... if I had to choose between you know fake and real, I have a preference. I would rather see real boobs. But you know, no, no you not, don't know. not those are eighties possibly fake boobs though. Those but here's the thing: it's not just boobs. that they're fake in in your movie; it's that they're brand new fake. Like they're oh, man. like they literally look like they're made of plastic and don't move at all. That's the pro. That's <laughs> that's a problem for me. They got to get worn in. Heard. They're like. Yeah, it's like a harmonica. When you get a harmonica and you can't really bend the notes well because it needs like loosened up, it's the same thing with fake boobs. You suck. 
All right. So anyway, guys, let's keep going. I'm going to jump forward. I'm jumping forward here. Not going to actually be enough. No, no, I'm moving forward here, guys. Um, They they they, the big chief doctor comes in and goes, you guys fucked up. You're fired. Nancy and and, and Gordon. Um, And then you get the story, which is is a canonical thing that I think is important, um, is you get the whole, you know, bastard son of a thousand or not a thousand bastard son of a hundred maniacs thing that that Amanda Kruger explains like she was, you know, raped by all these crazy people. And that's how Freddie was born or whatever, um, which is really weird. Is that how the band 10,000 maniacs came about? I don't think so, because this is a hundred maniacs. But no, no, I mean, but you just add a zero. It could be. I don't think so. I think they existed before um, 1987. I'm not sure about that, but no, um, no, I don't think so. I think in the 90s, 90s. There's no way that it came from this. There's no way. I'll be. Listen, you might be right. No, no, no. I I'm making a complete joke because Mm. that I'm saying 10,000 maniacs because they actually were from my hometown. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the song? What was their big song? Um, I fucking can't even remember. I'm assuming you drove 10,000 meetings, and there's plenty of people out there who probably know who they are. Anywho, this is I know who they are, but I can't remember their, I just can't remember the song. Um, Don't tell me all your thoughts on God. That's all I know. Um, But I wanted to bring that up. Let's keep going. I keep drinking Iron Cities, and we keep talking about your film. All right, listen. It's not going to get better. Uh, So they're. They figure out how they're going to get rid of Freddie. This is important. They're they're going to they got to bury his remains on hallowed ground. The parents burned him, you know, years ago. Whatever, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, so you um, yeah, here I can jump forward a little bit. So, you know, they're holding. He's holding Joey uh, uh, hostage. You know, you get the come get him, bitch thing. You know, carved on his chest. Um, C-U-M. And come they, get him, bitch. <laughs> it was it was C U M. Little note back. <laughs> Um, they figure, well, if anybody knows where Freddie's remains are buried so they can go bury them on hollow ground, it's Nancy's dad because he's the cop and blah, blah, blah. So he's getting hammered to bar. Uh, they go find him. Um, they kind of lure Nancy and Gordon back saying Kristen's been sedated. She's going to get all fucked up uh, by Freddie if you don't come help. Um, and then you get Kincaid's famous line. Let's go kick this motherfucker's ass all over dreamland. I mean, come on, that, might be the scene. <laughs> that might be the line of the movie. Oh, um, so beautiful. They all enter Nancy's dream at once. They start fighting Freddie and using all their patent damn ninja powers and all that type of shit. Um, and then a couple of them meet their fate. Taryn and Freddie have a, a knife fight. Um, and she's like, and then he's like, no, wait, let's get Don't high. Don't bring your dream to a knife fight, motherfucker. <laughs> but then she's just like, he's like, we're friends. Let's get high. And then she just kills her, I guess. I don't know. Um, it, it, yeah. The, these, uh, her and uh, what's his name? Kincaid. No, not Kincaid. The kid in the wheelchair who's oh, the wizard. Oh, uh, 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 Will. Will. Her yeah. and Will just get like dispatched like unceremoniously i would say (laughs) well yeah because i i really feel like there was probably especially will because taryn gets like a a climactic thing where her you know even her little track marks are like yum 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 you know like little mouths and stuff yeah i got the feeling (laughs) that there was more to taryn's story because then there was the whole you know how about the asshole um you know uh uh orderly that was trying to like get her to like 
fuck him so she would give him you know he would give her drugs and stuff yeah. i just felt like there was more to taryn's story that got cut out and then she was yeah she was she ends up getting like you saw the climactic kill but like it didn't it felt rushed a little bit but wills especially did because he's like i'm a dang wizard i'm gonna explode your scary chair and then he's just like not nah, a dog stab and then yeah he just walks up to him and he gets stabbed and then you don't see anything after that really uh-uh no like, uh, will's like, done he's yeah. out yeah he just got stabbed in his chest and that's it and it's like yeah, he why just, Freddy, like teases him for being paraplegic and then he sends a mean wheelchair at him and then he's like <laughs> not nah, dog he wizards it and then he just gets stabbed and it's just like oh bye will yeah it's yeah. it's it's pretty unceremonious i i will yeah. agree um so going to this is you know pretty much the end of the movie here but freddie uh they find freddie's remains it's in the trunk of this car in this uh goddamn uh uh, uh, uh junkyard basically and um within the so so the doctor and nancy's dad are going to find that simultaneously they're in you know the dreamland they're they're, they're in freddie's boiler room joey's tied up you know they do a whole fight situation um, they saved Joey. This is where you get the kid's souls on his chest, which is kind of pretty sick. Um, but they're trying to bury sick. Freddy's remains. Uh, but then the cars start fighting them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there's a, this is where you get the stop motion Freddy skeleton, which is pretty sweet. That comes out of the bag and starts fucking them up and kills Nancy's dad. You know, beats the shit out of the doctor with a shovel um, and then tries to bury him. And I then... Love- <laughs> Yeah, I, lo- I love a good old Harryhausen skeleton, but yeah, yeah. how does this make any logical sense? Why Freddy's skeleton comes back? Yeah. Because well, of the power. Freddy's got more power. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Tim <laughs> Allen. He's got more power. Yeah. Oh, God. I I just think it's like a way for them to be like, remind you, he's never going to die. It's never like. Yeah, but like. I, I'm why, excited why, to see another. I understand. There's no reason. Like, why did his skeleton not have power up to this point? Like, I get what, yeah, it's dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb. This is the thing is like this franchise, I think, has so much wacky shit like that, that nothing seems worth arguing over. So Mm -hmm. the, 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 like, the The excuses we make for films like this in general, I think, are because you're like, oh, oh, yeah, whatever. But like with Michael, everyone's like, why did Corey get to wrestle him to the ground? You know what I mean? And they're (laughs) like, why does. I don't want to talk about Michael. I don't want to talk about Michael. (laughs) No, but you get what I'm saying. Like, Like, people were super. People were so like uh, uh, critical of that stuff. But with this franchise, they're just like, "Eh, yeah, his skeletons fights people. (laughs) No, but again, I will go back to it over and over again, which is. Let's bring it up. We're gonna fucking do it. <laughs> Freddy's dead. Michael, yeah, yeah. we don't know is fucking dead. Right. Done. Story over. But Your why is it? But his skeleton made. pops up. I don't listen. Why? I don't know why I'm arguing yeah, against because my own like, movie. There's nothing that it doesn't matter. He's fucking dead. But he's been in the trunk. Matter. He's been in the trunk for a long time. Why didn't he Who just get his ass dead. up out the trunk? Who fucking cares? He's dead. <laughs> Doesn't matter what happens, he's fucking dead. I that's all I'm gonna say is over and over again, he's fucking dead. So anything can fucking go as far as I mean, granted, there has to be a little bit of logic as far as but like at the end of the day, he's fucking dead. Well, that's I make, my point. Well, yeah, I will make you, you, all you, the excuses for this franchise because he's fucking dead. Yeah. Make his True. make his flipped around Iron oh City God. logic on you. He did. <laughs> She's making my point for me. That's what and I'm she saying. She made it's you like, no argue way. against your own film with Iron City logic. <laughs> 
Well, no. Wait, what did I fuck up here? What did I fuck up? You made my point for me. You just made, yeah, yeah, you no. just made like, Brian argue. Like, why? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was arguing against my own movie. That's oh, okay, dumb. Well. But what I'm saying is that it is the whole, dumb, but it, was, it is. Oh, okay. But the whole franchise is dumb for that same reason. Mm-hmm. And people <laughs> give it it's give it a, a get out of jail free car because there's so much other dumb stuff. Well, yeah, because it's right. dumb and it's dreamy. It's right. not it's not set in the real world. Like no matter what, there will always be excuses, which is again, I think why I could which is why it became like a like when I told you guys already like I really like this franchise because I can make these exceptions because anything can go yeah exactly same th- we're saying the same thing in a different way yeah yeah you just you have to you just have I love I love that I would prefer that I don't want to assume someone's life anywho yeah so a- anyway Joe Joey saves the crew by talking uh, he screams and shatters all the mirrors and, you know, he finds his dream power, which I can talk in my dreams, I guess. Um, Nancy's ghost dad shows up, tells her he's dead. They hug JK. It's Freddie stabs Nancy. <laughs> Nancy has, um, you know, enough strength to basically make Freddie stab himself like uh, her in her last act. I don't um, I like this part, though. This is this is one of my favorite parts of it because it yeah. is so fucking cheesy. Yeah. When Nancy's dad comes in, because he comes yeah. in, he comes yeah. in on Disney Touched sparkles. An angel shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He literally comes in after being touched by an angel, comes rolling in and is like, Nancy, I've passed on. She's like, what do you mean you passed on? It's like, I had to tell you I passed on. And yeah, like, you just hug. sound like old Greg dude right now. Like, this is great. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And, then he, and then he just like. He's like, come give me a hug, Nancy. And she's like, eh, cool. <laughs> and he just stabs her in the belly. Um, it's just, it's so fucking wild. Um, Can you dress up as old Greg next year for Halloween? I'm old Greg. Um, but just on, Greg. simultaneously, you know, Doc Gordon gets his last little bit of strength, uh, says a whole, you know, bless this mess situation, throws holy water in the hole where Freddie's body is. Freddie explodes into Jesus dust. I don't I, I I hate that it became like a oh you just had to do Jesus stuff and then Freddie dies. It was right. kind of yeah, it's <laughs> that's kind of sucks. Um but he, uh, <laughs> he sees um yeah. You know, and then he sees uh Amanda at the burial again, meaning Doc Gordon does and leads him to her grave and he's like it was Freddie's mom, Freddie's mom the whole time. And it's like oh, no. yeah, of course it was. Um and then, you know, while they're sleeping, you see the light still on in the house that Kristen made. And then yeah. that's the end. So it's it's not uh listen, the in, in my mind, the weakest part of this movie is the ending. Uh, but boy, they had a lot of different things they had to circle back and and, and, and tie up in a relatively short amount of time that I paid more close attention to the pacing this time around than I had in the past. And um, I was like. Thing. there's eight minutes left in this movie and there's a lot of shit they got to tie up right now um, <laughs> wrap it up wrap it up let's but, go you know what go. this is not one of those movies where you really like it starts fast it's got memorable scenes people who love this movie i don't even think that or, or people they'll be like oh yeah i like dream warriors or like yeah it's one of the better ones in the franchise if you asked them about it i don't know that they would even necessarily remember everything about the ending of it no they like yeah. no the, pretty much every scene like that's involving Freddie's mom and all that, that could have all gone and just yeah. been something else. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't the do whole that. <laughs> Amanda Kruger thing. I, I, I don't really, 
understand why it needed to be there. But um, here's what I like about it. Besides the, the the crew and all that stuff we talked about, Nancy is like this a little bit more fully. Fl- Listen, Heather Langenkamp is not a good actor. That's just she's just not she's she she's bad at it. She does a bad job at acting. Um, she's beloved. <laughs> time and place. She's like on par. You know, I mean, I she's a bu- she's now, a beloved like, horror. I don't know. You know, icon. I get it. But like, she's I not love her great. more in Steve's though. Like, I do love her more. It's like she fits. Oh, I in. thought she was so bad in Steve's. I don't <laughs> know. She's bad in mine too. But she's bad. She's. She's bad across the board. Um, but at least in this one, she's no she's here. like more like fully a little bit of shade for me. She's like fully fleshed out <laughs> and like she has a character. At least she's a character <laughs> with agency and a plan. Right. In my, in my movie, which I like about it. Whereas like in some of the other movies, she's just like, oh, no. Oh, no. She just goes from <laughs> thing to thing. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like she's falling off a cliff like the entire movie. (laughs) She has like she at least like is taking charge and has like I said, she just has agency, she has a plan. And I I like that they're not just fighting against themselves and their willingness to like not sleep in this one, or like I don't know. Um they're they're fighting against other folks that you know make them sleep and then and put them in danger so it's yeah. like they're not just fighting freddy and themselves they're they, they're fighting a system yeah. as well I, th- I think it would have been more interesting if they did away with all that real world stuff mm-hmm. involving nancy's father and the doctor and then just put that doctor in the dreams with them as well and like he would become the element that you have to turn to to make him a believer Mm-hmm. But then once he's a believer, he can add his own expertise as a psychologist yeah. to help the kids like be more powerful in their dreams, like psych them up <sighs> to do it instead of ultimately yeah. he just saves them in the end by throwing holy water on. Freddy. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I agree. The, the, but, but, but again, the like, through the, I mean, we were blows. setting up, we were set up with him that like he literally like already was like, who the fuck is this Nancy bitch? I don't fucking give a shit about her. Mm-hmm. And like, he was not set up as a character to possibly be a hero in like a way that, would have been satisfying the way we were talking about it. He just never was. He was just like, I'm going to do just like whatever is instinctual. Like, Oh, this guy's dead. So holy water makes sense. Like, I, I mean, I just, I don't like it. That well, part, the but. hot, the hallowed ground thing. He apparently gleaned all that from Amanda Kruger. So I don't know. I guess yeah. he could have, read it in a book or you know it's basically the 1987 equivalent of uh what um steve, steve premium was talking about in the last episode which was uh um uh you know the the internet expert showing yeah, up right <laughs> but in this case it's amanda it's a nun in a graveyard a nun told a him what was nun. up ghost, a ghost nun, nun told me to kill her ghost son <laughs> yeah yeah well it is what it is so all right that's my movie let's get into uh let's get into flick number two here guys uh steve you want to you want to take it away just a point of order before i start Ten Thousand maniacs formed in 1981 thank you i'm a big fan and they are named after the horschel gordon lewis film 2000 maniacs there you go. I knew I did think there was a horror tie in there, but I did not. Uh, 
Um, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was. There it is. Thanks. Yeah. So I have some hometown horror shows, so I should probably pull the one connection I know from that band into yeah. a conversation mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 2000 Maniacs is on Tubi right now, as well as a yeah. bunch of other Herschel Gordon Lewis's because I've been watching right. a shitload of them. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll work on the people. So there you go. All right. On to my film, Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1994. And this is the, it's like the new Coke of the franchise. Yeah, you know, and here's the thing. I feel like this is the one I grew up on the most. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, I was a little too young for the 80 films. Sure. And this one, I I either remember it being on TNT or Cinemax, like, all the time. I could see that. And I feel like mm. I watched this one a lot as a little kid, but then it's probably been 20 plus years since I've seen it. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I had fond memories of it, which is why I asked for it to be picked. I felt <laughs> so like. You, uh, so, okay. I must have missed that. So you asked and you got it. Mm-hmm. So, um, no asterisks apparently for this episode. Cause I didn't ask for anything. No, the asterisk is still like, we shouldn't ask for things because I still, no. I still came up. I still came up second in the order, Meg. Obviously, if I came well, up got first, what you in, wanted. So why are you? But if I came up own? first in the order, I definitely would have taken Dream Warriors <laughs> over this. But Brian Whatever. came up first in the order. No, I didn't come up first in the order. Yeah, I just did. came. I just we just said you get to pick a person. Well, and yeah, you came up. Okay, let's also be real. Brian was also controlling the scenario here. So Steve, we could have an asterisk. So I mean, you were the one <laughs> receiving all the things, so you could have said. You oh, guys yeah, have the login. I don't. I actually are don't. I, I, it, are you accusing I, me? I, of I have no cheating? logins to anything we do. That's probably for the best. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you think I'm going to start using our account no, so I can like sell my, my identity. like socks and underpants? You're going to steal my identity, <laughs> you rat fuck. All right, let's go. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be in charge of picking is what I'm saying. But yeah, look, no, New Nightmare is it's the adultified version of what Wes Craven wanted to do. And this actually was originally supposed to be the third movie. This was like they he wanted to do this as uh, number three, but they the studio said no. And so they made Dream Warriors. He's a he's a pseudo highbrow no uh, no writer no i don't he, think he, he wanted to jerk off all over a script and he, he don't had to wait a few more this, years let's keep this. moving no that no that's not no that's not wes wes is he wants to jerk around on a script yeah he yeah. wants to jerk off but he's not doing it in a pseudo highbrow wes anderson Charlie no, Kaufman. It's like mutual no. circle jerks. It's like mutual. Like no, it's just I, I would say not highbrow, but it's just it. This script is so masturbatory. It's oh, a it, little yeah, bit it's wild. A, yeah, it's absolutely masturbatory. I mean, he puts yeah. himself in it, like you and know. talks about himself like he's Stephen King, which he's not. <laughs> I mean, I like Wes Craven, but well, he, he obviously Stop. isn't. But also, like in in the scenes that he's in. He has like Stephen King in the background, like he's he's doing everything tongue in cheek. 
I guess so. so yeah, he's not, I, I'm not as big of a Wes Craven guy. So like I maybe I'm, I'm being overly cynical of it, but it's just like, you know, anyway, I'm getting we're getting yeah. ahead of ourselves because we haven't gotten into the story. But no, I, I, I can see how from like the the base level, it looks just like a, a super jerk off party mm-hmm. of Wes Craven thinking he's the coolest and like being the coolest. But no, nah, he's he's far more of like a tongue in cheek filmmaker, especially like mm-hmm. when you look at Scream, when you look at the way he portrayed himself in Jay and Silent Bob strike back and he's on the scene he's on the scene of directing scream four and they're like a fucking monkey wes <laughs> yeah he does have a good sense of humor I will, i'll give him that for yeah, sure so but yes uh, new nightmare is the answer the the reboot the remake it is basically a film that's like 20 30 years ahead of its time because it takes everything that people are in love with today of being meta and being referential and rebooting and remaking. And it does it, you know, in 1994, he, he mm-hmm. creates, uh, he, after, you know, Freddie's dead was such a the film. <laughs> mm. He creates his own, uh, well, recreates his own universe yep. and sets it in the real world. And you have Heather Langenkamp back, but she's playing herself yeah. He, Wes mm-hmm. plays himself. Robert Unglund plays himself. Yep. And they're all being harassed and tortured by Freddy. And in this mm-hmm. film, Freddy isn't a child killer. He's an actual dream demon. Yeah. That is, you know, <laughs> like been manifested because the story's so good. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's the fact that it, the the demon exists on its own as always and it just takes the form of freddy because it, yeah. that's the way it visited wes in his dreams <laughs> right mm-hmm. wes is wes is such a an enlightened artistic catalyst that he just brings things <laughs> into reality but then also the way you tra- the way you trap him with a really great story. <laughs> See, I think I think that what they're saying is Wes isn't that good of a writer, though. They're saying so. they're saying the demon came to him, and yeah. like basically, like throughout the film, he's writing the new script, and he's just doing it on premonitions given to him. He isn't actually a good writer. He's just it's just given to him. <laughs> to take it even to a further degree, I think this is like Wes Craven's God delusion, where he. You know how when you talk about when you ask people about like uh, 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 like fate and and uh, free will and all this stuff and mm-hmm. how it interacts with like biblical you know understanding of the universe and they go you go well why would God create us if he's just going to send us to hell so if i'm a non-believer and i'm going to go to hell and i'm not going to accept jesus christ my lord and savior and all this stuff and i'm going to burn in hell why did god create me in the first place why did he create some somebody just to send him to hell because he's on uh, all-knowing and you know all that stuff and uh, they always go well it's not that it's all written you know it's that god is a god is is writing it as he goes kind of thing and i'm like mm. that's how wes craven sees himself in the script <laughs> yeah mm. well you know he's writing it as he goes but he's writing it as it comes to him in premonition so he's not <laughs> right. which is kind of what god's doing right a little bit yeah <laughs> a little bit he's not i mean he's not doing it on purpose there i'm are, just saying wes craven's also a dick just like god <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> 
Um, the the one slob like one of us. <laughs> Just the, a slob like one of us. That's something. <laughs> there was there was something I was reading on like the production of the film, and like there was supposed to be like even more to Wes and like his being plagued by nightmares and everything to the point that mm-hmm. he was supposed to be riding around in a van driven by somebody else, and like he had cut his eyelids off. Oh, so, that would have been sick. Yeah. <laughs> so like he's, but he's just not a good sick. enough actor to pull that off. No. He's a terrible actor. No, his no, his scene is probably the worst <laughs> scene in this film. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. It's so terrible. But so the film itself though does start with a pretty great twist on mm-hmm. the on the nightmare franchise. Brian already mentioned how a lot of these films start with the workshop. Right. And this one is no different. It starts with the workshop and you get like you know, this ultra cool, ultra modern robot Freddy hand, <laughs> which, again, is like playing on all the things that we see today yeah, of like yeah, yeah. the way people update bullshit that doesn't need to be updated. But, you know, it's quickly revealed that we're on the set of a film mm-hmm. and Wes Craven is directing a new nightmare uh, and you know, there's a little robot hand. Heather Langenkamp's on set. She has her son with her. And she's apparently married to one of the special effects guys. Right. Uh, just and I do want to make it clear that anything bad that happens to Heather Langkamp or her kid is 100% justified <laughs> because she named him Dylan. Right. That's her fault. That's her, that's her bad. Wow. I like, wait, wait, wait. Take Explain yourself. Dal- Dylan's a terrible name. It's an awful name. <laughs> Not only did she okay. name him Dylan, but she yells it probably about 130 so times every in the Dylan film. Out there, hey, <laughs> guess what? Every Dylan out there, anything that bad happens to you, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. No, one of my good That's friends' kids saying. names Dylan too, but just something about the way she says Dylan. Shit? No, he's not. But one of the ways he said Dylan is just like Dylan. You just hear it so many times. You're like, if I hear the word, you know, I grew up with Dylan. Dylan. He was fine. He was great. He was awesome. He was cool as fuck. He was fine. He was great. He was awesome. (laughs) He went from fine to awesome so fast. (laughs) They they picked up an Iron City in that meantime. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Dylan is the kid from Pet Cemetery. We didn't say. Yeah, Dylan is Dylan is played by Miko Hughes. Yeah. No, no. I, I will add though that like it totally had this like shining esque like influence there too. Like, oh, for so sure. Just like, except you know, for like, type if, thing. except for instead of Danny doing the creepy voice, this kid's creepy voice was just Donald Duck. <laughs> it's so <laughs> this kid. Yeah. Listen, I don't like to pick on child actors, like. You just like to pick on children. Yeah, sometimes. Clearly. This clearly kid all these Dylans out there. Terrible at mm, acting. I, no, I, I don't know. If Nothing, I'd say that. Every single thing he does that tries to come across as creepy just comes across as funny. That's fine. Like In, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't feel that way. I thought it was good. I thought it was like oh, kind of creepy. Like it was, it, it was reminiscent bad. of like things that were super creepy so i was like it's getting creepy like, the I was, lines I was were creepy it. but they would have been creepier coming out of like a sock puppet that's how bad this kid was <laughs> they definitely could have helped him along too with like some post editing instead of just letting it be his voice 
I know. They could have caught him so bad. Also, can we give him props for like the voice acting there? Oh yeah, like, no, he can does. We literally I don't think give him props. I don't think Let's he's stop a bad attacking the kid. <laughs> I don't think he's a bad actor overall. I'm not on that page with Brian, but like mm. they could have helped him along a little bit. But like I think overall, just as like playing a kid who's traumatized and afraid, like he does a pretty good job, and he yeah. does a good switch. Yeah, because when he's like that's the thing is like he does have a, a, at least enough range to switch from like terrified child to making you believe that he's somewhat possessed. Like mm-hmm. it's he never believable. Really plays terrified child though. He just plays like catatonic child. He's catatonic. He's afraid at other points. He does like seizure stuff. He, he's got a good range throughout yeah. the film. I'm, I'm just gonna say, can we move on? Because I don't think he's a bad actor. I, I, know, I don't want him to be a sticking. He's not a sticking point for me, Brian. So let's oh, move on. You name a you name you name a better child actor. You can't. I could uh, just name a child and actor. If you say Corey better. Feldman, we're gonna also have if problems. If you just name a child actor, they're better. Corey than Feldman him. could never. Corey Feldman couldn't today. <laughs> how, how 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 about uh, the kid from The Sixth Sense? What's his Haley name? Joel. Haley Joel Osment is one bajillion times better. Haley than Joel Osment was in Tusk. <laughs> on par. On par. As an adult. Yeah. Guys, so how guys, good can guys, he be? Guys. Yeah. Parking lot, parking lotting this one. Let's go. Keep moving on. I also wrote, I don't know why here, but apparently at some point when, oh, when the earthquake happens and the dad is like so psyched about it, mm-hmm. I just wrote, Mommy, why does earthquakes make dad so horny? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a strange scene. Well, I mean, uh, hey, he's into it. He's, you know, like he, they're 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 all Angelinos in this. They're not uh, like yeah. tourists who are afraid of earthquakes. They're used to them at this point. Yeah, um, I suppose. Just a just a quick jump back. To, uh, so you have the the hand comes to life and kills the two assistants mm-hmm. to uh, to the to, 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 I keep wanting to say Dylan. It's not Dylan uh, to the guy Fuck Porter. Porter. Yes. Yeah. Porter is the uh special tech guy but uh one of those uh one of those assistants is stan winston's son just as okay yeah just as a point out Hmm. um but yeah so that actually all turns out to be a dream and they wake up to earthquake and daddy horny for earthquake (laughs) (laughs) yeah really is but like uh the house is shaking apart you see like these cracks going down the walls that kind of look like a claw Mm-hmm. And then you start getting introduced to the story of like what's going on in Heather's life. And this was actually taken from real life. She she did have a real life stalker. And Wes Craven asked if he could incorporate that into the film. Oh, oh interesting. OK, yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah, she had Ew, a real life facts. stalker. And she Come said out. she said, OK, so, yeah, he incorporated it. And then that's what the setup is like. Heather is a very nervous and uh just kind of afraid person because you know she's been getting these harassing phone calls and you know you get to hear one of the harassing phone calls and they're just doing the freddie one two uh you know sing song over the line yep and she hangs up and but you know you can kind of tell it's it's somebody with a good freddie impersonation at least (laughs) sure (laughs) but yeah uh she gets invited to do a new Wes Craven film after appearing on like a talk show where Robert Unglin, you know, 
pops out as Freddy himself. Mm-hmm. And like all the kids are chanting and everything. <laughs> he's like playing to the crowd. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's schmoozing it real hard. Which was also, that was also taken from like a real life event where like they were doing, it was one of those Sally Jesse Raphael type shows or whatever, mm-hmm. where they're doing mm-hmm. a thing where like, you know, talking about violence and media and Robert England actually came out and like mm. as dressed up as Freddy and all the kids were like, Freddy, Freddy, Ghostbusters, he man. I think I've seen it on YouTube, actually. Yeah. I feel like I need to see this now. That and the time when Jason was on Arsenio Hall. I think that was the other. Uh... <laughs> and then Guar was on Jerry Springer. but uh... <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But so, yeah, she she gets invited. Do we see these? Type of, like, uh, taking this, I want to see Art the Clown on a, one of these shows. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's what I want to see. Art the Clown on Steve Wilkos. <laughs> he would actually be a good guest, actually. It'd be fucking great. He'd shit all over. It would be Jerry Springer. Does Jerry Springer still exist? Because at the same time, <laughs> he would just shit on the floor and then, like, shit would go wild. And you'd be like, yeah, this is uh, all makes sense to me. Yeah, you know what show it is? It's. Maury. Maury used yeah. to do the like the terror. Maury has got a little edgier. I feel like I've. Yeah. Well, he he used to do episodes of like things people are afraid of. So you have mm-hmm. Art the Clown on for people who are afraid of clowns. There you go. Yeah. Talk about masturbatory, masturbatory things. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but all right. So any hoops. Moving forward. Yeah. Heather goes to New Line Cinema. She meets with Robert Shea, the actual producer. Oh, God. Um, he's so bad at acting, too. <laughs> but he's playing himself, Brian. Yeah, he's play. Oh, he's so bad. <laughs> That's how you make it real. <laughs> if somebody was acting like that in a, in a meeting, I'd be like, why are you acting like this? Why talk normal to me like, he's so bad at talking <laughs> i mean he is also an actor of sorts Oof. i mean uh probably not as good as his sister lynn who also appears yeah. in this film but <laughs> yeah it's yeah. terrible look and then you know heather agrees to do the new uh the new nightmare film mm. so yeah it, it leads to more phone calls you got more harassments and then uh What's his face? Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. Dylan. He uh, he falls ill, so they call up uh, Porter on the uh, on the film set, try to get him to come home, and then on his way home, he gets killed by the Freddy glove. Right. Yeah. Which I thought I thought yeah, was right pretty in cool. The dick, yeah, right in much. the dick. <laughs> like it, yeah. the, right. the glove comes up out of the seat and just gives Death his pecker a little dick. flick. Yeah. Just. I just... only can hope I can go out by that way. Yeah, he 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 was like a girl. <laughs> like this character between him and Heather Langenkamp and Dylan, Dylan, none of them seem related or that they even really know each other very well. They have no yeah, chemistry no, yeah. at all. Zero yeah. chemistry. She feels more like his babysitter than his mom. No, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like harp on an issue like that. I like literally feel like it's such a non-issue and that like he's, he does what he does. She does what she does and they have a kid together. You know what I mean? Like, I get I it, know. but I'm just Not saying like, she like doesn't care. Life. No, but she, she does doesn't care. seem like she's she gives a upset. fuck about him. 
no, about the don't, kid. No, don't don't play. I, I'm no. not gonna I'm not gonna fall for that one, Ryan. I'm not gonna fall for that because she's clearly upset. But again, um, I'm actually gonna divert this and say death. Um, death by dick should be a t-shirt and i would wear that one that's a tattoo that's a t-shirt that's a, tattoo. That's a way of life actually yeah, you know what i'm gonna g- oh my god guys i just had a really hilarious idea for a tattoo and this is maybe not appropriate right now <laughs> but i was like do you know how like people do like the swords um like up their chest sure yeah, yeah. It's just a dick. Are you talking about getting a Brock Lesnar penis? <laughs> Brock Lesnar style, just a dick. <laughs> yes, that's all you. Tough look. Tough look. You're you're Guys, absolutely going to intimidate anybody. Go down the shitter yeah. before it ever even started. You're going to intimidate whoever tries to follow that act. <laughs> You just be like, anytime somebody sees it, be like, yeah, that's to scale. That's no, no, no. It would actually be a sword, but yeah. at the tip, it would just be a dick, like a dick oh, tip. Okay. And yeah. then at the at the bottom, like in it would be like this curve, and it would look like a sword, but it would also be balls. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, I mean, obviously it would be. That's that's how the design works. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this, this has legs. Uh, someone's getting it. No, it has balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, after Chase dies, there's, I mean, yeah, I don't know where you're getting this, Brian, that she doesn't care for her son. Like, that's like the one thing that, like, actually matters. I know. I'm not saying that the character doesn't care for the other character. I'm just saying her performance, it just didn't read like it was her kid to me. Mm. No, yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Yeah. But um I didn't either. Yeah, so yeah, she's uh, she's distraught after Chase Porter, her husband, dies. Mm-hmm. They did try to get Heather's real husband, who also really is a special effects artist, to play oh, yeah. her husband, but he said no. So <laughs> but and obviously Miko Hughes they got because he was in Pet Cemetery and you know, he's one of the few kids that can sort of act. You know, like, yeah, like you can't really put many kids in any roles. To no, do. there's not a lot of options you have. Yeah. yeah, especially not in the 90s. You can you can put one of the Olsen twins in this and then have to switch them out. <laughs> no, that, I mean, they might have done a better job, but <laughs> okay. who knows? Maybe. But uh, yeah, so you have a lot more just like harassing phone calls. You have these uh nightmares dylan is freaking out he's got to use his tyrannosaurus to protect himself but the tyrannosaurus gets scratches just like the freddy claw did the did the t-rex stuff the animal did it i I was unclear about its role Mm -hmm. did did it actually have some sort of powers against freddy i think you thought yeah. You thought it was just in his head, but then you're like, no, I think it did. It, it, like, it feels like it does, and it feels like maybe there's something they could have fleshed out more to it. And yeah. just like the way they're describing, the way they eventually describe how Freddy is getting his power, like, because mm-hmm. now this is Freddy the dream demon, and he's yeah. basically just like a tulpa. Like, the more yeah. you believe in it, the more real it is. Right. So I think that's the way the Tyrannosaurus was actually combating it. Because yeah. at this time, let's see, 94, you're talking it's post-Jurassic Park. 
mm-hmm. you know, and like dinosaurs are like big on any kid's mind anyway. So sure. I think mm-hmm. just the fact that Dylan would be, you know, way more into dinosaurs and way more believing them, they would have, you know, the Tyrannosaurus would have more power. It's just not mm-hmm. something that they were as clear as it, but it's not something that would, it would have had more power than this Freddy figure that he only has a vague notion about. Yeah. Cause like he has to be like, he has to sleepwalk to the TV for Freddy to show him the, you know, the show him the old nightmare films, mm-hmm. which is how he gains power, you know, in Dylan by showing right. him the nightmare films. That way he has an idea of what it is. But yeah. even then he's still like, Oh, it's the mean man who lives at the bottom of my bed. <laughs> yeah. And every time he screams, I cracked up Dylan because he doesn't like <laughs> scream like a kid would scream if they were scared. He screams like when Kevin McAllister you puts the aftershave on his yeah. face. It's like yeah. Or like <laughs> when somebody says the word of the day at the playhouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like such a weird it, decision. It, it was a it was a very disturbed scream. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. I I like it better than just like a kid shrieking. Kid, it, that hits such a register that's just annoying to me. <laughs> it is, but like, it, I don't know. It just struck me as not serious. Like every time he said one of the creepy kid lines of like, I forget. I didn't write any of them down, but just like he said, he says lots of creepy kid lines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it, he just, it never read as serious to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's how it goes. Um, there is a lot of uh, interaction between Heather and Robert England. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're, they're at the funeral of chase when he's put in the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. You get a kind of a cool scene with her, like, going down into the casket after him and mm-hmm. like, Oh no, she was just like tired and bumped her head on an earthquake. Yeah. The fall, the <laughs> fall is pretty dumb. The way she like hits her head is dumb, but like the, the scene in the, yeah. When she goes down into the, the casket and all that, it's yeah, it's okay. It's a pretty good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's just kind of like a theme throughout the film is like earthquakes and like, it's gives this sense that like the world is being broken apart around them. Mm-hmm. And like they even mentioned that like, oh, we're possibly on top of a fault line that never existed before, which kind of gives you a sense that mm. like maybe Freddy is like creating his own fault line. Like he's breaking through and creating another, you know, his own reality is breaking through into this one, which mm. I, I thought like there was a possibility for this film to have been like even more interesting, especially around the ending. If this whole film was actually like you do this whole like dream stuff in all these films, like mm-hmm. the film could have been an entire dream in itself that mm-hmm. like Freddie was making Heather believe or making Nancy believe she was this person, Heather, that was mm-hmm. an actress mm-hmm. in LA. Like it was a psychosis thing mm-hmm. the whole time or yeah. Mm-hmm. That it, yeah. I almost, I remember the first time I saw this, I almost thought that was going to be it. Cause I remember going like, Cause it's a long, it's like over an hour before you see Freddie mm-hmm. in this movie. So you do kind of come to a place where you're like, is this all in our head? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it, like, and that this is the way like they were in it, like they're essentially restarting the franchise. Cause mm-hmm. again, it's not the Freddie that you knew from the nightmare series. It's 
you know, he doesn't have the power that he did because he's trying to gain power within this world. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when he does gain power, he like he comes back and he's you know, he does a lot of the same things that the the Freddy that he's embodying or, you know, mimicking does, you know, mm-hmm. especially like when he kills the babysitter in the hospital. He drags her around the room just like he did Tina in the first film. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it's all right. it's all done in this like it's just much more mean and serious. He's not jokey. He's not doing welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not as much now. Yeah. yeah. But which I, I think I appreciate in it to a certain extent of like understanding the sort of impact Freddie can have on the people he's kind of affecting, which again plays back to my idea that like he's a very clever character where he has to find ways to come back mm-hmm. and like whereas everyone else is so like hulk smash vibe you know what mm-hmm. i mean you know so i think that i have that appreciation yeah yeah he always yeah he's forced to be creative because he doesn't exist in the physical world right but he also gets to be creative because he doesn't exist in the physical world so right, right, right yeah right. yeah yeah uh eventually because of uh just the way nancy the way heather is handling things and you know dylan is like sleep deprived he's not you know sleeping correctly so they wind up taking him to the hospital and he gets like committed because he's like all seizure and coma e <laughs> <laughs> and they're just not he's like catatonic so yeah they try to keep him in the hospital and you kind of run into the same thing as you did in dream warriors where there's a doctor who you know doesn't believe what's going on and he's like you know the roadblock to everything um she is i don't i don't know that i was annoyed as annoyed by her as i was the doctor in dream warriors just because they're like there's only the evidence of what heather is telling the doctor so it's more of a yeah. one it's more of a 1v1 whereas in dream warriors you have the entire group and nancy yeah this doctor you can almost go like oh this this one doctor's kind of going rogue a little bit mm-hmm. but she also like kind of marks heather at some point as being this like narcissistic movie star who's doesn't treat her kid well or something you know what i mean right like she's mm-hmm. it seems that she's making a lot of assumptions about heather based on who she is right she's like did you show them your movies like she's obviously very judgmental about the movies she's in and all that stuff right because in and you're still kind of on the fence as to whether or not this is in heather's head or not right you mm-hmm. know like you, you you don't have the full proof that like freddie's back and trying to kill so mm-hmm. right. even though you know you did see chase get killed with the with the glove so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a little on the line I mean, so i feel like with that like i think i mean you're led to believe it's like that it is somehow based in the reality of like but at the same time i think what could lead it and actually i you can clarify this it's like the whole dreamscape thing of it is like majority of the time when we see Freddie kill someone, we're not seeing the hand. It's always just like a, like you see scratches or you see blood just coming. So when, um, what's his nuts got killed? Um, that is a dreamscape type moment. Right. Well, yeah. Cause you see chase in like 
you see Chase is cut up on the chest, but they attribute it to a car wreck. And then mm-hmm. his two assistants die. But we saw that. Like, what we right, saw right. versus what, you yeah. know what I mean? But I mean, still, so. yeah, but I mean, yeah, within within the world, like, you know, he's attributed to a car wreck. And then his two assistants are just attributed to, like, some psycho killer who's out there. And then it's not. Right, it, but it's, it's more so, like, what we're, we're experiencing, I guess, is more so what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, so like if we're trying to think about what is real versus like what isn't, I think majority of the time is like there is something that's probably even now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably missing to a certain extent of like majority of the times we're getting a back and forth that in theory they're in a dreamscape, but they're we're <clears> let's you're saying like is Freddy's is what happened to yeah. Chase. Did it really happen in real life that way? No, no, no. I, I mean, I think what I'm getting at is maybe even like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like could be a plot hole of like, what is the trend? Like when we see the physical thing happen, it's always a dreamscape. And when we see it being happening in real life, it's always we never see we only see what happened. We see the physical action. Mm. We don't see any sort of right. Like, we don't see the hand. You see, you see, see the babysitter hanging you know I mean? in the air, but you don't see Freddie yes. holding her. Exactly. Right. right. That's what I'm getting at. Is like it could be that like where um yeah that that could be some sort of problem. Yeah, I think we like, were seeing it. I think clear. we were seeing it from his perspective. Like, so did he fall asleep? At the wheel mm-hmm. or something, right. you know. I I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was falling asleep at the wheel, mm-hmm. and then we saw the glove, which would have been in the dreamscape. But yeah. you know, as it yeah. as it's reported, it's reported as an accident. Yeah. We don't. And I think that's like a fair assessment that like we should just like assume that though, because of like what we've experienced at other films to now. So if someone tries to change that, they're fucking up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the babysitter gets killed in a classic Freddy fashion. And then Dylan has been put under like sedative. So he's sleepwalking Mm -hmm. and he's intent on sleepwalking back to the house. I think this is a really cool sequence where they're going across the highway. And Mm -hmm. that's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, It's also, you know, funny because it calls back to Pet Cemetery. And this time he dodges all the trucks. <laughs> it's, wild. it's wild that I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> but he do- he dodges all the trucks this time. Yeah, first time he literally is zero for one in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, uh, this time he's he's twenty for twenty. Oh in yeah, this movie. Yeah, he's I that mean, movie zero for one. He gets he he gets the assist alley oop by Freddie who he picks does. him up Freddy, over. <laughs> yeah, he was he was getting he was gonna eat shit on that one. But, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, Heather does does a truck dodge too, so good for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she does a not dodge. And right. She gets plastered. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I'm surprised more shit didn't happen during that. That was a yeah. rough hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good scene. This might be my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. It, it's it's the one that I had the most fond memories of. And I, it's kind of why fond. I, that's an interesting word. Yeah. I was gonna say. It, it was, yeah, it's a good, you know, you had the Freddy glove and then you had all the Freddies along the friends line that chasing the kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. 
I kind of forgot about that with the other. Oh, I was like stuff. mostly specifically thinking about the hit. You're like, this is the most fun memory of this movie. <laughs> I remember just, I remember just a, as a child when I saw that woman get hit by that car, just a big smile coming yeah. across my face. This made me really happy. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's my most happy memory as a child. <laughs> Seeing women hit by cars is just like really, um, you know, it just brings a joy to my heart. <laughs> Gives me all those feels. Yeah, I've already started a fundraiser for this conversation, so let's go. <laughs> Look, it started. Very young with listening to grandma was run over by a reindeer, and that, that just turns into random women hit by Corollas. Oh man, you're bringing it full circle, man. You're bringing it full circle. But, so, yeah, Heather goes back home where Dylan is, he's been sucked into his bed because it's where you know everything's been centering, and she falls into the Freddy evil world. Uh, and you know, you have a little cat and mouse with the Freddy and he's, it's like the, it's his boiler hell world. You know, you yeah. got the water. She goes down the old slip and slide yeah. down into hell. Yeah. You got the, you got the fun pool in the middle. You got the, you got hey, the sloppy we're gonna, steps. In the, next, in the next live show, we're going to have a slip and slide into hell. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're, we're gonna going to do a on. full on Freddy double dare where you got to slip inside into hell, oh my drop God. in the pool, go up the sloppy steps. <laughs> we wouldn't go through a nose. We would just go through Freddy's mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there, yeah. Nose holes. yeah. I mean, she falls oh, out man. the big giant Freddy mouth. This. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's go. Yeah, but yeah, you have a cat and mouse, and then uh, Freddy chases Dylan into the boiler. Dylan climbs out by kicking a snake, gets the snake out of the way. <laughs> he does kick it. He does kick a snake. Yeah. Why did he kick a snack? Because it was in the way. <laughs> Don't kick snack. Okay. Don't kick snack. He step on snack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't step on snack, though. And then, Any the, then they burn Freddy, and he turns into a demon, and he explodes. Yeah. The end. <laughs> and the then, end. and then yes, they read the about end. it in the script. You know what and I? And they went back to the script. You know what I appreciate about this movie is it really sheds light on like the true villains in our society, which is doctors and nurses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, by the way, uh, the one younger nurse. Yes, we love doctors and nurses. <laughs> the one, yeah. the one younger yes. nurse in the scene where they're tricking. Uh, tricking them to uh, give uh, Dylan the sedative. Yeah, yeah. The younger nurse in that scene is Wes Craven's daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that the is, is she the one that delivers that line where she's like after, is it Julie? What, isn't her friend's name Julie? Yeah, Julie's the, the babysitter. Yeah, the babysitter. Yeah, and Julie punches the one nurse. Yeah, and then the other nurse goes, "Hey, you can't do that." Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. So, do but that? it's like you could do anything else. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't hit the other nurse. Don't hit nurse. Don't don't hit nurse. Don't kick snack. Rule number one: Don't hit don't nurse. Hit nurse. <laughs> don't, don't don't kick snack. Don't hit nurse. I was um yeah that that whole scene was was pretty wild. I kind of forgot about that completely but yeah yeah i think overall though i mean like obviously the film plays a lot with you know the nightmare meta and it was Wes craven's just way of like retaking control of you probably a franchise that he felt you know just went off the rails after he had left Mm -hmm. you know and he, he put his own spin on things and it was his way it was his time to play around and and because of this he ushered in 
the current fucking media we have of remakes and reboots and everything is garbage and everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not even just like reboots and remakes as much as like everything has to be. I, I guess in a way, I wish people would come back around on this a little bit where like everything has to be so unbelievably meta and fourth wall breaking, mm-hmm. like not just fourth wall breaking, but like the wall needs to be like pulverized and ground into a paste and everything's you know a wink I mean? and a nod set on fire. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My, my whole thought with this movie and I, this is probably only the second time I watched this movie. There's so many good ideas that are so poorly executed like not just with the performances, but it just feels like the movie that could have been, you know what I mean? Where it's like the the whole thing where they go to Wes's house, like it just was never going to work. Like the whole thing when they go to Wes's house and he's like the whole cringiness, like every once in a while, the, the story comes along that's so good. You can trap Freddy in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing, yeah. like it's a good idea, but it never had a chance to work on screen when you write non-actors into a movie, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I mean, the ideas were there. And again, like there was a, like I mentioned, there was that other idea where like there was supposedly scenes of like Wes was supposed to be driven insane by this and like writing. That would have been cooler. Been, instead, yeah. he just comes across as some like sort of a, like all knowing you know, Oracle or something mm-hmm. that tucks his pants into his jeans or shirt into his jeans. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing that like we kind of get robbed of was there was also supposedly a scene where Freddie actually kills Robert England. That mm. would have been cool. And that, like, I, I would have liked because I mean, if you notice in the film, he just disappears at some point. Which yeah, yeah, he's just like he he seems to be getting possessed by Freddie. You know, with the painting, mm-hmm. he's doing the painting and all that. But yeah, he just bucks off basically yeah yeah so yeah it's something you get robbed of so it's like yeah there's definitely plenty of good ideas and then like i mentioned before like what if this was all a dream of like nancy was made to believe she was an actress you know Mm -hmm. that was just like actually freddie's final you know way of trying to finally capture nancy you know Mm -hmm. which could you know it, which is like a way to play with dreams within a dreams. And it would have made the film more David Lynchian like Mulholland drive a better film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way better film. Yeah. It's just like, here's what salvaged the movie for me. Somebody gets stabbed in the eye with the eel. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to see that a lot. No, mm. no, there's, there's a lot of fun things in the film and I still think it's like a better film than a lot of the other nightmares like it's oh, totally. i'm gonna say this is better than two and better than six without watching those recently mm. probably yeah, better than two five has some charm i don't even remember five it's been too long yeah four yeah. maybe four is better <laughs> but is five, five's freddy's dead right no that's six five that's is six. the dream child that's dream child that's the one i haven't seen i don't mm. even know when i saw that one last but mm. Yeah, but I don't remember. But yeah, I, I, I still think New Nightmare ranks up there. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, no, for sure. I think the kid element, like, kind of like I, I enjoyed it. I'm adding any two cents. I know at this point, again, I'm like a little quiet on this one. I, as far as arguments go, but like I, I enjoyed the child element of it a lot. I felt like, um, what's her nuts? Uh, 
uh, Heather Langkamp. Heather, yeah, I think her character was better than in some of the other situations. Um, I definitely think there's some weak points, but like overall, I I did enjoy this. But I think the acting in it in a like time and place situation was better than um, Dream Warriors. It's like just like literally in reflecting it. But I mm. think that's such a time and place thing. Um, but hey, that's like my two cents right now. This exact yeah. moment. Well, tell us about um, tell oh us my about God, guys. Freddy versus Jason. Oh my fucking God, guys. Are you fucking ready for this? <laughs> Guess what? I still okay. can't believe this movie exists. Like this many Guess years what? later, I still can't believe it exists. Fucking Guess rules. Guess fucking what, guys? <laughs> yeah. At some point, you know, Freddy just gets a little weak mm-hmm. and he has this fucking bright idea that he's somehow going to ignite Jason for his mother to be like, you have to go to this city. So basically the understanding is that he's manipulating the whole Jason universe to say, I'm going to use you to go terrify the city that doesn't fucking like they're all fucking comatose with his hypnosil bullshit and no one's scared. So I can't fucking come fucking with other kids. I'm going to make you go scare the city. And then guess what? Jason does what Jason does. And he fucks with the whole entire city. He's like, <laughs> he's Hulk smash mode. He's like, okay, you somehow I'm now back here and I'm going to go to the city that I have no association with. And I'm going to go terrorize these kids. And that's going to give Freddie power. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to allow him to come back a little bit. But, you know, Jason can't stop. Jason cannot stop. Can't yeah. stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, I, won't stop. I, I love the that this is like... <laughs> I, I, I'm like... I'm so annoyed right now that I have to talk about this movie. I, I I'm sorry. This, like, <laughs> I can't even movie, look at the screen right now. The best thing like, about it is this movie, it doesn't... Like, the, it doesn't let the plot get in the way of the story. It's just like, not. you know what? Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Freddy's out here yeah. killing people. Now he needs Jason's help. Yeah, okay, get, well, that's fine. Jason's yes. going to kill people too. Okay. So yeah, we get we get the best of many worlds here in that um so Jason comes back, he starts terrorizing this community and um so Freddy then starts gaining power because these kids are now being terrified. And um but Jason again, we already said he won't stop. So but Freddy's still like I still have to do my shit. But then the kids that are part of this town, I, I, I'm, I'm, I apologize that I'm very annoyed that I have to like go through all these plot points. <laughs> I'm just like I apologize that I really have to go through this. Um, the kids have been affected by Freddy, so we have. I'm gonna go through. God, get me back to the cast. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, so we have Lori Campbell, uh, who has her mother had passed away. And for a long time, it had been possible that her dad killed fucking his her mom. And it clearly wasn't the thing. Freddie killed her mom. And so there was no actual, uh, like, evidence otherwise because mm-hmm. Freddie doesn't fucking exist. And then, I mean, this is a silly movie in that, like, this cast is insane. These are all the characters that, like, we all grew up with, like seeing in other movies horror movies elsewhere um 
I am. I, you even get a quick. You even get a quick Scott Farkas. Yeah, you do. My my. That's yeah. my yeah. favorite thing about this movie is that. Okay, Brian. We mentioned how Dream Warriors has like a bunch of characters that you don't get a whole lot of background on. Mm-hmm. This movie has characters who have like a movie's worth of Much. background, but they've never yeah. existed before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm we don't to, care. Is yeah. Jason Ritter the Will Rollins who was the one in? Um, let me see. He was the yeah. He was the one who went and was in like a psych ward for a while there too. Yeah, that's John Ritter's pretty, uh, son. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he like he became a very prominent character and allowed like the plot point honestly to like move forward to like understand how now where the whole hypnosil like all these kids being affected by Freddy Krueger. Like, and that's where we were able to learn that majority of them that at this point were being treated with hypnosil because it was effective, but then it was too effective. And then it was effective to the point where they're now in a comatose. Um, guys. <laughs> I'm like, I apologize. I'm so annoyed that this, I thought about this. This, um, this movie may be the most egregious use of cgi on several occasions it's silly yeah the nose between the not every use of it is horrible but but between the the nose job thing you almost almost felt like that was supposed to be a 3d scene too yeah between Mm. that and then the the, they're they're testing things out perchance like the alice in wonderland snake not snake. What is he? It's a caterpillar. Worm, a caterpillar. Yeah. yeah. Caterpillar yeah, well, like, of the that stone was kind guy. Of a callback. I almost felt like to um We Why am I <laughs> it, it reminded me of like the snake, like when um yeah, no, it was like in Dream Warriors a little bit. Yeah, it a felt little like bit. a callback to that a little bit. Well, I think bit. it was a fr- like, I think well, it was an Alice in Wonderland thing, I guess. But no, like- no, totally. I could see that, but I mean it literally when I first saw it, obviously watching at least at the same time. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. It was like almost a callback yeah. to that. Yeah, I mean yeah, it could, could have been. I, I almost like I wonder if that might even be just giving them too much credit. Because this is just I literally think that they were like, it's nineteen when when did this come out again? Two thousand three. 2003 it feels like it came out in 97 it's so wild that this came out in 2003 but it it just yeah i I was just gonna say this movie both came out like 10 years too late and 10 years too early (laughs) yeah Mm. because it 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 if it people would have been more excited if it came out at least I mean, five I mean, to I like eight the years con- earlier, I like the but... concept of like universes going against each other because mm-hmm. I like when those arguments happen. I think it's fun. And you're like, let's see all the ways that this character would possibly be able to overcome this character and vice versa. I think the argument's really fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's, um, that's what the whole film is supposed to be. Like totally. everything is yeah. supposed to be in service up to the last 15 minutes when they actually mm-hmm. fight. But like, yeah. yes. Everything yeah, else, it, everything else around it, everything with the characters is so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, the whole so thing is just a, a big fan service flick, obviously. Which it, it, I mean, it's not. I will. It's not not fun. I will. The only thing that'll give it is like when this came out. Were we not just seeing a fuck ton of these type of movies? Like that's all we were seeing. It was like these like you know high school teenage dramas of like oh my god, even like talking about horror movies. Like it, we're we're still seeing this like where. Like kids were almost empowered, not empowered, but like 
thinking they understood the world in a different way and so like they're now like oh we're the heroes but luckily in this movie they're fucking not in mm. all essence they're they're just not um yeah uh, the, the this movie i mean the high point for me in this one is like I mean, there's a couple cool scenes. Like the there's a long burn sequence in this movie, no, 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 no. which is kind of fun. There's a lot of fucking cool scenes. Like the whole thing is like what I love about this conversation that I wish wasn't just the last 15 minutes was that they're both dead. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciated. I actually, I guess, some things that I appreciated were like when they were in the dream sequence. So when um, Jason obviously like gets drugged to the point where he is passed the fuck out and he's now in Freddy's universe. Um, I I thought these were fun and interesting scenes because we were able to see Jason in a light that we don't normally get to see him where he is somewhat vulnerable. He's somewhat able to be some, uh, like, you know, uh, fucked with and like like get fucked up. Yeah. But also why were they worried about it? Cause when they had him in the back of the van and he was like tranked, you know, and they were like, kept, kept, you know, filling his, his, you know, stabbing him in the neck with the tranquilizer or whatever and then yeah you know, they're like oh we it was like a ticking clock thing you know mm-hmm. we only have this much sure. tranquilizer we have this much tranquilizer but then at one point you know they knew that he was in dreamland fighting freddy and there was like water everywhere and they had to give yeah. him mouth to mouth like explain to me why you're worried that jason Voorhees is gonna drown like mm. that's literally the one person you a, shouldn't worry about drowning because he drowned it already. But I think in in theory is like I feel like they understood that the world is like if you die in dream world, you're now dead in real life. But and he's so already they, dead in real life. Brian, what you but don't understand do they is fucking, these, but they don't know who Jason Voorhees is fully. No, I don't think do. they fully have I, a concept. I, yeah. But so they know he like, drowned. No, they yeah. no, they do know because they are the smartest teenagers in the world. <laughs> they, they pick it up uh, so fast. So they de- they deduced so much, and so they knew they knew the minutia that if Jason drowned in that van, it would still yeah. be a little while before he came back to life again. Oh, you you might and, be right because the whole I did goal write was that just down. to get Freddy out of the dream. Right, state. that yeah. was the goal. Let's just go back to the whole goal in any of these films when they're like, we understand how to kill Freddy or how to get him to a point where, well, they clearly don't know how to kill Freddy because he can't die. But like, they're like, no, let's pull him out of the dreamscape into reality, and then we can go stabby stab stab, <laughs> and then it still doesn't work. So, but they keep trying and they keep thinking that's how it works. I I would love to see a film uh, in this franchise though that is able they find a more unique way that actually kills him because that whole idea of pulling him out of the dreamscape is a good idea but nothing ever happens with it and what i'm talking from numero uno to mm-hmm. now i think they should what just send just- him to jail yeah what if they just found out that it was just like it was like amityville christmas vacation where you just put him in a dog cage oh, yeah. just, just put him in a dog um, cage send him to jail no, for, he is a child first, murderer you know he oh has to answer for those there's no statute of limitations on that just set, put him up in front of judge judy yeah. let's just nearly oh my god <laughs> i love that let's the just fr- create a special cage for freddy and he's in this cage and the, it's actually it's just freddy a dog cage, cage. yeah, yeah. Freddy did you cage search for freddy, freddy cage. cage on amazon no <laughs> you probably should have <laughs> dumb losers i love that when the the fight I, I read that the fights like the especially the first fight scene not like the 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 big climactic fight scene but the first one in the boiler room mm-hmm. is so 
Looney Tunes. Yeah. It's goofy. Like, it's it fuck. is Dragon Ball it's Z like, meets Looney Tunes. It's a pinball machine. It is a oh. like if there's not a pinball game based on that fucking mm-hmm. scene, I'm blown <laughs> away. Um, you know, I, I did really laugh wanna, out loud I really at a just want to get through though. this honestly yeah. because like I think the fight scene's fun, but I think that when they were trying to attempt this, it was like, okay, we got Jason versus Michael over here. Okay. Let's now bring Freddy in. Let's mm-hmm. figure this fucking out. And it just, I love the arguments. I always fucking love them, but I love them in a like bar. Like we're going to be at the bar drinking our faces off mm-hmm. and just like saying why someone would win over the other. I don't fucking want to see it because clearly this movie <laughs> should have been. I wish if this movie was almost the entire thing somehow Jason versus Freddy and not in the way that it actually was happening, but more physical and like more clever on Freddy's behalf. I would have been more into it. Um, it just, it just lost it. So I don't want to like sit on this. It, like it, it's a fun movie to a certain extent. If I had gone watch this movie when I was in high school, I probably would have been like, this is a fun movie. I like probably would have been into it. But when we're talking about this secret Satan, I don't want to like literally keep talking about this film because <laughs> out of the whole series, it is not a quintessential fucking Nightmare on Elm Street film. And I will not defend it as a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Like it's just not. So what I you're saying say, is like, you're 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 forfeiting your argument. I'm I'm totally forfeiting everything. That's why I like literally don't want to spend more than ten minutes on my fucking shit because it's a fine, it's an okay movie. Watch it. Um, maybe take shrooms while you're doing it. That might make it more fun. Um, you know what's one not. thing that'll make it more fun too is like, and I started doing this halfway through. Is imagine Freddie in this movie as. Daniel Stern in Home Alone. <laughs> it makes the whole thing so much more funny. Yeah. Because he oh, reacts man. to things in the way Daniel Stern reacts to things when he gets hurt. Yeah, especially in the final fight. Yeah. 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 I, I think like so, yeah, the, even the best parts are like the Jason parts. Like Yeah, they definitely like are. Jason they are Jason folding that kid up. Yeah. Jason folding that kid up in the beginning. Jason yeah. in the cornfield. Which he doesn't even spill his... Actually, let's yeah. like put this it, film in the J- like Friday the 13th franchise like if we ever <laughs> have that again. Or like, or you know what I mean? Let's, let's put this in. Like, again, it would be a weak Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, it would be. But like... Um, Jason definitely does more than Freddy in this in a lot of ways because like we want to see the whole fucking kills. I think they could have been way more creative with how Freddy approaches Jason. And I, I'm not, I'm like, I've had too many beers right now to actually think through this arguments, but I would love to have that in the future. Yeah. It's just, just literally do a Freddy versus Jason sequel called Jason versus Freddy. Hey guys. (laughs) And it's just a little okay. bit more Jason-oriented. Right. Hey. <laughs> Jason looks bored in this movie. Actually, this is actually a great um, like side episode for us, mm-hmm. is like to actually just have these arguments. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd be I'd be real into this. Yeah. 
But um, let's like now go to the fun. I- I'm like really cool with like let's go to the final. <laughs> just cool with like, giving let's, up. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just really I- cool I- with this. I don't. There's no reason for anyone to give any more comments on this film. I, I mean, unless they're actually important. There is. And I don't right. think there is. is. And it's my favorite line, okay. which is okay. when Jason's Steve, in the cornfield <laughs> and he comes across the two fucking drunkards, football player guys, and the football players, and one of them says, "And you weren't invited, corn." poke <laughs> well and also the way he says it is so funny that i wrote down two lines that are laugh out loud funny it's that one and when as i mentioned jason is drowning in the van in the back and he is trying to tell kelly Rowland and the kid from from you know what's the freaking ryan reynolds christmas movie i don't know what the hell that kid's in Spirited. but when <laughs> No, no, no. What the hell is it called? Uh, anyway, the one with the one with uh, um, uh, oh my god, I can't Office remember his name in it. No, no, <laughs> fuck, fuck me. Um, anyway, whenever uh, whenever he's in the back of the van and uh, she's like, he's like, you got to give him mouth to mouth, you know, or he's gonna drown. <laughs> and and look she, at her, and she's and like, Kelly hey. Rowland's like, no, what? No, I'm not doing that. And then we, I think his name's I don't remember what the fuck his name is. He turns around and goes, Kia, he has asthma. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a great off. line. It's yeah. a great oh, line God. too. Fuck off. Um, I wonder how Kelly Rowland <laughs> feels about this movie. I'm gonna say not great because. Of one scene, the where Freddie says something about dark meat, and then she calls somebody <laughs> right after that. Yeah, like, not great. It doesn't age well. No, not it doesn't age well. <laughs> but um, she's still hot, so she's very attractive, <laughs> lady. Um, she ain't that great at acting. Yeah, nobody but, is in this movie. Who cares? <laughs> no, that's true. All right, so uh, I mean, are we going? Are we going straight? Um, you know. Okay. Boys, okay, because I know my movie's just out. Like, yeah. it doesn't even fucking matter. You're yeah. each voting for your own. Vote for each other's and or figure out like it. I don't know. Just and then figure it out. Figure it out. Like, there's uh, like it is yeah. literally coming down to me deciding which one I preferred more. It, All that's, right, that's what's happening. All right, unless, Steve, what are you unless, voting for? And do you have a wild card and you're gonna vote for mine? It, like no. If, like <laughs> no one like vote for me. All right, Literally, Steve, Steve what are you voting for? I mean, <laughs> I think, man, it's like the highs of Freddy vs. Jason are higher. Don't you even. Ah, you shut up. You're stop. so full of shit. But I mean, they are. Oh my God. They're so, much, no, they're they're so fun. Like, there is it's no so, argument it's, for my film. As, as oh my not God. as a horror film or anything else, but just as something <laughs> fun. <laughs> it's a fun thing and like the special effects are great but yeah the special effects are also great in dream warriors so yes dream warriors <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean listen Freddy vs jason i don't hate it as much as you do meg i it's no! bad it's Fuck bad it's bad you. it's bad why are you even taking more than 30 seconds right now i i i will say i'm gonna take new nightmare because i do think it's marginally better as a film and it is more it's a more fun idea it's not executed particularly well but it's a more fun idea this is a this is a entire movie based on a thought experiment um <laughs> which is hard to hard to vote for You're so okay 50 seconds right now <laughs> um 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Spit it out, Meg. What are you going to do? Okay. Boys. Okay. Mm. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I walked into this really feeling like New Nightmare was going to be the film. And like, I, I feel like in all essence, I, there's so many more things that I do prefer over Dream Warriors. Um, but I think I have to stick with Dream Warriors for quintessential aspects of like what I want to see out of a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Um, but also I think the arguments we made tonight, I, I mm. do think that uh, Brian holds stronger arguments where I was more engaged. I'm like, yeah, no, this is this. These are things that I want to see in the film. Um, so I'm going dream warriors, bro. Yeah. Listen, guys, I, I, no, Brian, I if don't, I had no, no, to I don't say, want to actually I didn't no, no, I, say I don't anything want... yet. I knew I just don't that I had the superior you. movie here. <laughs> um, and I, and I, listen, all I had to do was just nudge it across the finish line. So no, I'm not... no, you, you gave a strong argument, dude. You worked hard. You I... worked hard for it. And I'm not giving you credit for that either. <laughs> And I don't want to you already did. Too late. After the- too late. Yeah. I already put it in back pocket. You already did. You already voted for him. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you said well, take I voted it home. But I didn't want to hear his two fucking voice a, after this about it. Because I'm Steve. What? I fucking get it. I don't <laughs> want God. Brian to win. I'm ever. having trouble he is keeping the these skaters down. Ever. He <laughs> is the Guys, worst. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? You ready for what the punishment episode is? Your boy's going to deliver a little bit of Christmas cheer, right? <laughs> right in that goddamn Scroogey pie hole of yours over here talking about how you hate the Christmas spirit. I just you don't ha- like when you win most Here's of the time. Here's what's going to happen. Oh, we are going to watch a movie that we've talked about many, many times on this show before, okay. but we have not discussed yet. And it is uh, uh, from the year of our Lord, I believe 1997. Big year for me. Uh, we are going to watch the Charles Band Full Moon classic Jack Frost, guys. Oh, finally. All right. <laughs> We're getting into Jack Frost. I know. I was like, Jack literally, that, that's amazing. Okay. I'm We're getting I'm into Jack now. Frost. I'm, I'm, I'm stuffing your stockings, guys, with a little Christmas gift, a little early like Christmas gift for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it burn just slightly longer. Um, all right, guys, I'm excited. I'm got, I was gonna watch this movie already. I haven't watched it yet this year. Again, t-shirt, I'm gonna watch T-shirt material, Steve. Come and call. <laughs> That's what your stocking's full of this year, boys and ghouls. Uh, and if you haven't, Meg, have you seen Jack uh, Frost before? No, never, Ooh, never. Actually, you're in for a damn treat. You're in for a damn old treat. Um, all right. Um. Get out there if you haven't already. I guarantee it's on Tubi. I don't even know for sure yet, but I would bet $1 million Jack Frost is on Tubi. It, the, the, it, the, I can guarantee the Riff Tracks version is on Tubi because I watched, I fell asleep the other and night. I'm pretty, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on uh, Shutter as well. Um, either way, go watch Jack Frost from 1997. Not the not the uh, Kevin Costner one, guys. Not the Kevin Costner one. Not the Michael Keaton one. I did see the Kevin Costner one in theaters not Kevin Costner. That's what I meant. I did see that one in theaters when I was a kid. Yeah. Any hoops. This Um, one is hornier. This one is sexier. It's 
it's it's it's more violent um theme for my christmas is coming coal y'all check it out guys that's what we're doing for the for for the punishment episode which is really um more of a of a reward this time around so (laughs) all right boys and ghouls uh with that being said uh we've wrapped it up your boys taking home another month for the halloween's forever crew i'm the champ once again I'm Meg, and I'm a little bit sad, but whatever. I'm Jack and Frost. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Bye. (laughs) 